Hello, guys and girls, and welcome to episode 110 of the F Reality Podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitch. You can also catch the show live in VR using big screen TV. The show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Anchor, and on Spotify. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat. We'll try to answer as many questions as we can. Now it's time for me to introduce you to the team. First up, don't worry if you're feeling faint. There's a doctor in the house. After completing his PhD this week, it's Dr. Rowdy Guy. Congratulations, dude. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been it's been a harsh couple of weeks. Like you probably see like the bags under my eyes at the moment. But uh, yeah, it's over. It's uh, it's finally over. I'm uh, I can officially call myself Doctor Rowdy now. So all I still need is a is a lair for my evil plans, and then I'm ready to take over the world. So uh, prepare <laughs> yourselves. <laughs> and you should tell people like what your PhD is in because it's kind of incredible. Yeah, I, I, I'm now have a, I'm a, I'm a doctor in medical sciences. So uh, the the topic specifically that I that I did was neuroscience, and I uh, the topic of my thesis was uh, like the in vivo in, in vivo visualization of uh, a rat model of uh, of obsessive compulsive disorder. Wow! So that's kind of what I what I specialized in. Yeah. And that's that's why he does all the uh, you know rowdy science because he's actually <laughs> much much smarter than he looks. <laughs> actually qualified for the role. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So next up, he's the life and soul of the party, the VR energizer bunny. It's the VR streamer, one and only, ZimTok5. How you doing, man? You all right? <laughs> you, you, you couldn't have introed Rowdy better this week than you did, uh, because I had an exciting midweek uh, where I actually had a fainting episode, blacked out and had a seizure and had to go see a doctor. So uh Oh wow! Uh, so this this is this is this is the way you introed. I just had to kind of say it there. I was like, that was so perfect, and you didn't even know it. And so I was in two minds about mentioning it, but um, I thought I'd mention it anyway. But yeah, it's um, nothing too serious. Um, I have or had about ten years ago uh, a series of of, of uh, blackouts, and uh, they're kind of simple things. It's called the vasovagal thing. Rowdy might know the whole uh, mm -hmm. you know, syncope and that stuff. Um, but it, it, it kind of hadn't happened to me for like seven years. And uh, as part Is of the physio... Is it your back problems then as well? It, so I'm not sure it's entirely unlinked, um, but to this point, they are unlinked. Um, the, the, thing that, the thing that caused it was, it's always, always been something before uh, someone's telling a gruesome story or I'm, like I had food poisoning once and that triggered it. And um, intravenous stuff, someone sticks a needle in you. So I, I was having acupuncture, and I've had acupuncture before, just fine. Doctor comes along, he taps a needle into my foot, and I felt that, and I was like, all right. Uh, tapped it into my into my hand, and then tapped the needle into my neck, and then, bam. Uh, I got to see, I think this was the, the new thing, this event. This is the eighth time it's happened to me. Um, but it, but because the, I, I then saw, like, the flash before end of your life mm. type job, which was really weird. It's like you're participating in, like, 16 different scenes and all of a sudden that then comes back and boils back into one. And then you kind of regain consciousness like that. That is really weird. That is really, really strange. So um, wow. anyway, that happened to me. And I ended up in A&E that day uh, because my physio was quite concerned about what he'd seen. And 
I'd go get tested. Some of you have seen on the uh, YouTube community page, I posted a picture of me getting jacked into, uh, it was an ECG, so just monitoring the heart and all that. Everything's fine. It's just, um, that happened. So it was like, it was the middle of my week and it was a real ball, like, to be honest, just for this to kind of come back again. It was something I dealt with in my 20s. I didn't think it was still around and obviously it is. So yeah, pain in the ass. I had no idea. I had no idea that happened. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I tend to ride these things low until I can kind of get a grip on them. And then, you know, yeah. just mentioned, I don't want people to be kind of overly concerned. And, you know, I was only out for maybe 30 seconds or whatever. And so it's not like a full on kind of epileptic mm. seizure or anything. It's just that uh, I like the first time it ever happened, I was walking in a park, I was 23, uh, walking in a park with a friend, and I was like, really stressed about, about work and stuff. And so low blood sugar, and that stress kind of triggered it. And yeah. I ended up on the ground, like my arm, my fist was like held in the air like this hard. Um, and paramedics come along and they're like, all right, son, you've been drinking. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm like, no, I've not been drinking. Because that park where I was walking with my friend was known for it. Like all the college kids would go there, yeah. drink heavily and pass out. So, um, but yeah, I just, you know, I've been through all those, all those things like CT, MRI, x-rays, uh, ECG, as I said, but um Thankfully, there's nothing worse, but they always want to check and just see, is there some other reason that's driving it? So mm, yeah, that was my interesting story of the week, Mike. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for the intro. <laughs> well, I wasn't expecting that at all. That's for sure. But glad so to hear you you're Mike. better though now. Yeah, you know. no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Um, so as you probably notice, Nathie's not here with us uh, this week. He can't make it uh, this week, but he'll be back on the show as usual next week. And if you uh, don't know who I am, my name is Mike, host of the show from Virtual Reality Oasis. We've got a packed show for you today full of VR delights. Some of the highlights include our hands-on experience trying a virtual reality gym called Black Box VR. Zim and I got to try that out in San Francisco, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, we give you more information and a trailer for an upcoming Predator game. That's going to be kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Zim's going to give you the lowdown on the latest releases to look forward to next week. And then finally, we're going to be discussing our hands-on experience uh, with the epic Norse adventure that is Asgard's Wrath. Uh, but first, let's find out what we've uh, been up to this week and our highlights of the week. Obviously, even though Asgard's Wrath was probably a lot of our highlights of the week, we're going to save that till the end of the show. So <laughs> don't be alarmed. Uh, but let's pass it over to uh, Zim first then. Uh, and what was your highlight, dude, if you if you managed to get one, bearing in mind your escapades? Yeah, I've, been, I've, I've mostly been staying out of VR because of the neck thing, but um, I did play one thing uh, consistently this week uh, where I, I wasn't in VR, but my kids were, played Vectons of Akron. Uh, so for oh. those who don't know Akron, uh, my kids call it the nut game. Um, and it's a game where you play, the VR player plays as a tree, like an ant, right? So you have two tree-like arms. And you have a couple of special throwables. Uh, one's kind of sticky goo. One's an acorn. One's a bigger ball of roots. I don't know. It's something like that. Uh, it's a wrecking ball, basically. There's no Miley Cyrus, thankfully. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't expose my kids to that. Not yet. I'll give them another 10 years. Um, but but yeah, this game is, is probably the best party game uh, in terms of being able to very readily get into an asymmetrical experience where you as the tree you're guarding your nuts which i generally try to do anyway but you're guarding your nuts and in this case my kids were just like they're having so much fun i've not seen like i mean my kids love vr but this is something different like they're asking me actively outside of play sessions can we do more um which is great to see and i think resolution games have done such a great job at that one when i first saw it though i was i was 
I was super cynical because I thought mm. the fact that you need players, at least two other players on mobiles uh, who've downloaded an app, I was like, the barrier for entry is just so high. Who's going to do that? But as we said a couple of episodes back, Mike and I both had really good times with our audiences. So it works great as an online game. But if you have two people, so I guess if it doesn't, it doesn't work if it's just you and a spouse or, or something like that. Um, or, a, or a flatmate. But if you can get those two other people around, it's super easy and it's supported across, of course, Android and iOS. Um, and playing as a squirrel is so fun. Uh, there's like four different classes. And then you know, there's one that's kind of Fortnite buildy, another one that's just like a fast squirrel, uh, two others. And it, it's it, the, the team dynamics and the strategies that work out in the game are, are even work with a three year old and a five year old playing. So, um, you know, if you have kids, it's an absolute gem of a game. And the fact that you don't have to, pay for the mobile app. It's just you pay once for the software and then you can get up to eight people playing. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, easily rides at the top of you know my chart of kind of favorite couch games to play with the family. Um, and it's one that I think, you know, again, I, I would have passed it by uh, and I would have made that mistake. So if you are, if you do have three humans, uh, even small humans included in that, then definitely try it out. It's loads of fun uh, and uh, you can't have my nuts. I feel like they should have just called it the nut game now. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you, though. You know, it's kind of one of those ones that I wasn't particularly that excited about. Um, I got to play it first at Gamescom. And, you know, we, we had uh, meetings with all different developers that were kind of pre-booked for us. Yep. Um, so I kind of didn't have a choice whether I was going to play it or not. So I just kind of went in there with an open mind and then just came out like you, loving it. And then, you know, I played it with my Discord uh, community like over the internet online, like you say, because it is possible to do it that way. Yeah. They were all playing on mobile devices. I was in VR and we just had, you know, a whale of a time. And we were using Discord to communicate because if you're playing online, you need a platform to communicate on. Uh, Discord is ideal for that. Um, but yeah, we had an absolute blast with it. But like, it's the, it's the kind of thing that is like a, a production show manager. If I was in Oculus and I was planning the next event, what you see at conventions like EGX or Insomnia or, or PAX, they sometimes get this right. With things like I don't know, Gang Beasts as an exa early example in VR, mm. you'd have a large screen and an audience just gathers. It's kind of like what we, we've seen more recently with like Beat Saber, people seeing someone play. But if you did that, where the join code anyway is, is visible, people on their phones, yeah. hot right there, can download the app, which is a couple hundred meg, and be playing. With whoever's in VR, so some you might people might want to queue up for VR, but then there's just passers-by can just filter in and out of the game, and it's like I want to see that on a show floor now because I know that it would draw an, a massive audience. It would help sell quests like nothing else, or rifts to, for that matter. It works on both platforms, um, so it it just goes without goes without saying that um, that kind of title has mm. a huge impact in a crowd environment, and I think that they shouldn't. They shouldn't underthink that one. They really should use those. There's another one that, that was by um, the guys who did Angry Birds. There was like an Angry Birds Under the Sea one. I can't mm -hmm. remember. We covered it a, a little while back. I, I'm, I'm yet to try that myself, but um, it's a bit like Overcooked, I think, uh, on a submarine. Yeah. And yeah. I think that one as well, I'm keen to see, you know, does it have the same kind of uh, prowess as, yeah. as Akron? No, I totally agree. You know, it shows if you had the tree uh, being captured in a mixed reality view, 
it would look super engaging. And I, I totally agree. But I think this is a problem with with VR trade shows in general, like Oculus Connect, mm. Gamescom, yeah. uh, PAX. The problem being is that um, you have these little booths with people wearing headsets in, and very few of them ever show you what's actually being seen inside the headset. Yeah. Um, so it's very difficult to understand, especially if you've never tried VR before or you're skeptical of it or you're unsure of it, really what to expect. So uh, they could definitely work harder on stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree. Uh, but yeah, Akron, solid recommendation if you haven't tried it. Uh, it's available on the Quest and uh, Rift. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was I was, I was asking myself, I'm like, is that available it, on other headsets? It, like, it is on Rift as well. Yeah, I don't know no, if it's on Steam. Yeah, I don't I know if it's remember. on Steam is the thing. So Yeah, that's the only that. one I'm not sure of. Yeah. Um, but cool, yeah, solid recommendation. Let's uh, see what Rowdy's been up to because I think he's been tinkering with a headset this week. <laughs> yeah, indeed. But uh, I'll, I'll first quickly go over what the, what the chat has been playing of as course, well. Uh, sure. I've also seen a, a couple of people that have been saying that they're going to add a Akron or Akron, I don't know how to pronounce it, uh, to their wish list. So uh, yeah, good job, guys. Um, it's on Steam, by I the way. Saw... It is for $20. So. Nice. All right, there we go. Yeah. Uh, I saw that Steve Exam has been playing Deleting Files for Asgard's Wrath. Which is a, a great game. I I, <laughs> I know I know that one. Uh, also, Ananuk said that uh, she really liked playing that particular <laughs> that particular game. Bit Victim has been playing Techno Lost, Old but Great, Lost in Translation, mm. Pavlov 9.0, the update for Quest. Mm. Uh, I've seen uh, Beat Saber by Mage Box VR, uh, and after this, he's also going to try out the beta of Dash Dash Cards. Uh, Dave the Psycho has been. Uh, uh, I actually shuffled through recent Go Gear VR ports for Quest, and my personal highlights are Underworld, Overlord, and They Suspect Nothing. John Wood has been playing wow. some Unreal PT. Have you guys played Underworld, VR? by the way? <laughs> Overlord? That's the one that's like, um, it's that old uh, Six Degrees uh, space shooter game in tunnels and corridors. Um, I'm trying to remember okay. the name of it, but oh my God, stomach jerker. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, John Wood played some Unreal PT. And then I saw that Watto UK also played Grit, Gears 5, Asgard's Wrath, and some indie title that he can't remember anymore. No Man's Something. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I myself, I've been tinkering around with the, with the new Vive Cosmos. So some, some bad news, though. It's already back in his box. <laughs> um, yeah, um... I'm I'm like like severely disappointed since I mean I I of course like I, I watched your review as well Mike and we we talked about a fairly critical last episode but still like the because it's such an expensive headset you know my expectations still like are at a certain level um, but the expectations are just not met entirely on like mm. every different front um, mm. I think okay maybe the, the screen clarity is maybe maybe good as long as you have uh, have it in the sweet spot. Uh, and also, I think that Vive ports, having like tried it a little bit more now, is actually not as bad as I thought it was. Mm. So I do, I do like the concept. I actually, I actually think that's that's a fairly strong point for that. <clears throat> for that, but then everything about the headset, I just, I just don't like. It's the first headset that I've put on my face. I remember I've I've used a lot of cardboard as well. It's the first headset I put on my face that makes me dizzy. Wow. Just, just looking at it. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. The it makes panel me dizzy. when it's lit and it's, the, it's the, on and all the that. The panel, yeah. and if I move my head around, and it, it's also like, <coughs> it makes like a weird noise when I move it around. Like I don't know, is that like the the way that it, like the tracking works or something? It's it's very so, loud. 
so the noise is probably the fan because it does have active cooling in it. But mm-hmm. uh, did you find that particularly nauseating in the Steam VR home environment? All the, of it. I've tried it all in the Viveport. I've tried oh, it okay. in the in the in the in the Steam VR home. I mm. tried Pavlov, but that game just wouldn't work because my hands are stuck in the floor. Yeah. So I couldn't I couldn't play that no one. No wonder it's back in the box. <clears throat> yeah. Thought so. Yeah. I mean I Pavlov, can't I can't yeah. use it. <laughs> <laughs> I simply can't use it. And the I think maybe something that has to do with like me uh, having problems with my eyes as well is that the IPD is set at 61. Uh that is the lowest it can go, which I think is higher than the ones that I usually can set it to. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's 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 it, it just doesn't work properly for me. Like yeah. it it really made me I mean I got used to it, but once I uh took my headset off, Oof. it was it was like it was like I was getting motion sickness. Wow. <laughs> it's just something in my throat. I know, I'm just joking. I'm joking in chat that the Rowdy's having an emotional response to the cosmos <laughs> right now yeah. and like, something's choking him off. Yeah. He's allergic to it. Yeah. 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 Um so so it's worth mentioning, I think, that the HTC sent you one for free, right? Yes, uh, yes, yes. Same, same, same deal with me and Nathie, but I think it's always, you know, like we're always going to be completely honest with these kind of uh, deals and, and how we feel about these products because mm-hmm. it's the only way really, uh, because, you know, our integrity to you, our audiences is, is the most important thing to us. Well, I'm, I'm uh, kind of surprised to an extent because um, not surprised because I've seen, you know, almost no positive reviews from all the people I trust on Cosmos. But Rowdy, you're you're quite a Vive user, heavy Vive user for yeah, an extended I, I, period I of time. Are you still uh, yeah, I, Vive daily driver, or no? You've swapped. No, no. I, I use the Rift S as a, as a daily driver yeah. nowadays. Um, I kind of dropped out after the Five Pro, and that was mainly due to like uh, the bulk of it, like just like yeah. the the bulk of the headset. Yeah. And I have to say, with this, instead of it becoming more comfortable for me, uh, it it's not more comfortable for me at least. I don't know how it was mm. for you, Mike, but I find like the the strap, like the the halo ring around it, because it's a flip up design, mm-hmm. it doesn't like sit on my eyes. It like hangs in front of it. There's light coming in on the bottom. I know that you mentioned uh, light leak as well. So there's yeah. light coming in on the bottom. The controllers are freaking huge. <laughs> like it's like it's abnormal how huge they are, and they're heaviest. <laughs> like they're really heavy. Like if I play Beat Saber with that, or I play that with the Quest, I'll be more tired after using like the Vive Cosmos. Yeah. It's really like a, a, a fat controller like you know like those old like xbox um oh how are they the original it? one uh, yeah I know the original mean. one just like there's things that's how it felt like holding them the mm. buttons on it they feel incredibly cheap like uh the the grip button itself um like i know that you yeah, said, that, said that. Uh, they weren't like um analog, analog. it's like a, it's just like a clicky button it's a click that's only for mm. the grip buttons right the, the trigger mm-hmm. does have it the position of the bumper sticks it doesn't make any sense, or maybe my hands are just too small, but I, I can't reach it, the bumpers, without like adjusting the position in my hands. That's that's how big these controllers are. So if, for me, this is not a headset that I will be using. Um, and I'm a little bit disappointed because I really like HTC. I really like what they did with the original Vive. Um, I like the, the concept of it. And... But with this, and I'm not, I'm not even going to talk about the tracking because, like, some people have different reports about that. For me, it just said um, in this room, the one I'm sitting in, is just too dark. 
or it won't work mm. properly this and that so maybe that's why i'm having issues with tracking that didn't work properly for me as well um but maybe people in a, in a, in a more lit room or whatever have a different experience but then again i can use the quest and i can use the rift s or whatever other headset perfectly in this in this room so i do find that a bit strange but maybe maybe that is still to blame me it's just it's just not my kind of headset yeah, like I, I heard um, that a lot of people now are using like a default Steam uh, VR bindings for games. So like mm. you can actually get Pavlov working. But I know that Norm from Tested was, even though he did have the game running, that he was still having these severe tracking issues. So like, you know, lining a gun up down the sights is just impossible practically. Um, but like you, you know, I, I'm just, I'm, it's just a shame really, because, you know, we've mentioned this before, but having one big player in the market just completely dominating isn't good for anyone, I don't think. Um, so it's a shame that right now HTC can't compete, whether that over a period of time they can deliver some updates or firmware updates that can improve all these issues. Uh, I'm kind of skeptical because I think even like with some of these issues resolved with the price point, it's not good enough. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how it sort of evolves over the coming months. But I'm going to give it a couple more weeks, I think, before I kind of give it my final review. But uh, certainly it's right just, now, it doesn't look good. It, interestingly, like if I mean, I don't know how it is for other markets, but if I look in Belgium here, the price market where it's in, it's like a little bit cheaper than the Valve Index, including the knuckle controllers and the two base stations. Wow. Which I think is it's it, it's a difficult place to compete in like yeah. I, I actually would like to ask the chat are there any people there who bought the headset as well and maybe yeah. there are some people who have like like some more experience with it as well because i'd love to hear like some someone like who actually said like oh you know i have a different experience like it's mm. actually very positive um maybe it's something wrong with my headset i don't know like but I for also, me it doesn't work i also heard i don't know if this is is true or not i, I saw on twitter from a few different people including some uh brand sources that the price in europe was going up like the, the the store price from third-party sellers was higher than the market price in the rrp and that as well on the htc site as well it was now higher that something like 830 yeah. 840 in, euro in belgium in belgium it's currently at 830 euros yeah. um which is about 915 916 dollars is that wow. higher than it was on launch do you remember i don't i don't remember yeah <laughs> there's also a very interesting thing about this um kind of monopoly issue, Mike, because in the US in particular, I don't know much about Europe in terms of monopoly, but uh, and I'm not talking monopoly, the board game, I'm talking about actually uh, companies having anti-competitive regulations strapped around them. It will be, I think in the US market, at least it will be uh, negative and a, a drawback for Oculus at some point of their growth, yeah. uh, Oculus and Facebook, because at some stage, the government will step in and say, you don't have a competitor in the market. This is a monopoly. And they'll what they typically do in that situation is they'll split them up. So if they can't cultivate a good enough, you know, number two, mm -hmm. it's going to be not in their best interest. So we might see some very interesting uh, future partnership or government stipend. I don't know. But, you know, market by market, mm. it, there are different rules yeah. to abide by. And uh, we have uh, Kaz and Cherry saying in the chat that it was 799 euros before. Uh, so it's actually 31 euros uh, less expensive before. And now it's. You know what that is? Uh, rewinding back to the CV1, I bet you that is the shipping cost that HTC up to this point were eating uh, in order to get the headset out and around. And now they're just saying, you know what? Actually, it's not worth our while to eat the cost. Let's just put it on the consumer. I bet you yeah. that's what that is. 
Wow. Could very well be. But like you say about like uh, competition in the market space, I think we might have an answer to that. And that's something oh, we're going to oh. touch on in the news. Uh, it's, the Predator headset. Releases. it's the Predator headset. <laughs> I knew it. Predator headset. I can't wait to get the little armband and like, and then just <laughs> start lazing my neighbors. You looked into my crystal ball. Um, <laughs> So let me cover what I uh, I got into this week. Uh, obviously, apart from Asgard's Wrath, um, Nathan and I, Nathan and I played uh, the new Arizona Sunshine DLC uh, called Damn. The Damned. Um, it released on the third of October, and if you own the base game, you can add the new DLC. I think it's like four ninety nine in US dollars and four ninety nine in British pounds. And and basically, this story of the new DLC it kind of revolves um, around the events that preceded the previous DLC, which was called Dead Man. So in the Dead Man DLC, you played as a soldier, you went into like a military base and you had to launch a nuclear missile to take out the zombies. Uh, in this story, it takes place before that and you have to power up a hydroelectric dam so the military base can be powered on for those events to happen eventually. <coughs> All right. um, but the thing is, we were, as we were playing it, we were kind of no, it was kind of becoming apparent that this game is starting to show its age now a little bit you know mm. uh you know you gotta you gotta understand that arizona sunshine it came out like three years ago now 16 yes yeah exactly yeah. and but you know despite that we played through the whole experience uh to the very end which took us around two hours uh but we were we were messing around a lot like we were just like having fun with stuff we weren't really playing it with with focus if you know what i mean mm. i think if you were a bit more focused you could probably get it done in just over an hour in terms um, of the buying endpoint, Mike, is this a paid for DLC or a free DLC? Yeah, paid for. So paid four ninety nine uh, in US dollars, four ninety nine in British pounds. Okay, there's a lot of yeah. fans of Arizona out there, so that seems fair. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and 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 rightly so as well. You know, it's it was one of the the best games for a long, long time. Uh, you know, when the Vive first came out. Um, solid but, story. Yeah, solid story as well. But I think the criticism with with this game, like that I've got, is that it becomes very repetitive um, and uses some very like generic you know, mechanics. So, you know, you have to go here, collect this key card to then open this door, then go and pull this lever. Oh, and then go and get the next key card. And it's a bit like, oh God. So it feels very manufactured instead of a kind of immersive, emergent gameplay. Yeah. And, you know, bearing in mind it's co-op, you know, they don't add any cooperative elements in it where you both have to pull a lever at the same time, for example, or you both have to do something to work together because uh, it can be played solo or co-op. Mm. Um, we were both playing on the index and, you know, now Arizona Sunshine across the board does have finger tracking support. So that's kind of nice, but it doesn't really add any gameplay mechanics to the game. So the only thing we could utilize that for was just to play around and you and, and play a game of like rock, paper, scissors between us and just have some fun. Um, and really the only difference in terms of mechanics from the original game and this, and like I said, bearing in mind, it's like three years old now, is that it's got a couple of two-handed weapons. So you've got like a shotgun uh, and you've got like a couple of assault rifles that you can yep. now hold two-handed. Yep. But it's not like you can pump action a shotgun or anything like that. You oh, still no. have to oh. you still have to like press a button to eject the mag and then bring oh. it to your waist to reload it. So kind of missed a trick there, to be honest. Um, also, we encountered some bugs. Uh, there was a point where I had a revolver that just got stuck in the air. I couldn't use it anymore. And then also like doors were always like problematic for us and that you could either just completely walk through them without opening them or, you know, when you did open a door, it just closed immediately again. Um, but then again, with all that said, the magic of playing this game, Arizona Sunshine and any of the DLC uh, of this game is playing it with a friend. You know, if you can play with someone else and they're a friend of yours, it's so much fun. And, you know, shooting a zombie in the head and seeing the head explode is always going to be super satisfying. <laughs> um, 
So or to sort of summarize, I would say that if you can play this one with a friend, I'd recommend you check it out. If you like Arizona Sunshine, that is. Yeah. If not, you can only if you're only going to play it solo. I'd probably give this one a miss because just like the previous DLC, the Dead Man DLC, it's just kind of a bit average, I would say. Yeah, fair. So well, yeah, we, we both got a tasting of it, didn't we, Rowdy, at the uh, Vertigo Games tenth anniversary party? So Demo. At, at that stage, I don't know it's early to say it. Uh, out of everything I tried there, um, I would have agreed with you at that point, Mike. Yeah. From what yeah. I yeah. And I, I really like Vertigo games, you know. I really uh, I'm looking forward to their new game uh, after the fall as well. Um that was but, cool. yeah, this I was gonna that, say that was cool. from from what I played there, that was the standout thing. Yeah, and yeah. I do think that they've put the, like VR a little bit on the market. I think they were the first ones to actually try Absolutely. a shooter game. Yeah. So uh, I I do think they'll go down into the history books as like one of the you know the first big VR games. And they're a Dutch company, so you know, yeah, the founders. Well also they did that uh they did the lovely um uh, diving. Uh, there was a diving game, which was like way more fleshed out multiplayer than I was expecting. You, I don't think anyone else here has played it. I'm trying to remember the name of it now. Diving World? Yeah. That, I, th- I think I know that one. Diving yeah. World. But it had kind of like, you know, in Bait, how you have like the uh, the lure counter where you can you know get mm-hmm. new reels and all that. It had that, but it was multiplayer. And, and there was a pool outside that then led to an area where you, you had to dive into the deep end of the pool and then you'd kind of teleport to the level that you were going to or whatever. It was really cool. Uh, like it was like, how is all this in a game that this was bolted onto? Because it was initially kind of one of their two D games, and um, yeah, that was that. As I understand it, is was their first uh, foray into VR before they got into Arizona and a few other things. But uh, I look forward to. I was speaking to their CEO. I was like, I look forward to them bringing out another edition like that because this underwater thing. Whether you've played Subnautica or some of the more recent titles like Triton. Uh, yeah, underwater has a has a kind of a, a flavor to it. To it. Yeah. yeah, there's a terror there. You know, that <laughs> there's something about not being able to see everything that's out in front of you in this volume of space. And you can do that in space, but you don't have the same kind of occlusion and stuff like that. So there's something about underwater games that just get me, and uh, I'm looking forward to more. <laughs> he's he's a he's an Aquaman. That's what he is. <laughs> That's next next week's intro there, Mike. It will be now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was Arizona Sunshine, the damn DLC. Um, let's talk about some news then. And the first bit of news this week is about Predator VR. Now, we've talked about a Predator game in the works some time ago on the podcast, but back then we didn't really know much about it other than it was happening. Now, as a kid of the 80s and, and you guys as well, you know, like I loved predator alien and like the robocop movies so whenever there's a game there's a game using these franchises i get kind of excited normally disappointed but i do get excited <laughs> yeah, exactly. um i mean the, aliens the, already landed right so I mean, we've already we've already seen alien in vr which is fucking terrifying uh yeah. can predator get it that wrong i i hate that i said that because now it'll be clipped in a year from now it'll slap it in yeah. my face all right and and it's worth noting that alien is Alien Isolation with a mod. It's not like an official VR game, so just be aware of that. Yeah, but it's well but, worth checking out, though. It is well worth checking out. That's that's kind of... I think that's kind of underselling it a little bit because it's not like there was a mod community who like worked so hard to patch this in. The official dev team created this, had a single <clears throat> binary command in an any file you could change to enable that support, which was later fine-tuned and some of the rougher sides mm-hmm. of, of their implementation ironed out by the mother mod which yes. if you haven't done it you're looking for something scary it's 
It's one of the worst ones that you can do. <laughs> yeah. Worst in a good yeah, way. Ab- absolutely. Like hiding in a locker and 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 not like <sighs> making any noise because it picks up the microphone noise that was so well to done, alert anyway. the alien because otherwise it rips you out of the locker and then no, like- the AI in that game like it it, it screws with you it oh, yeah. it hunted me under a hospital gurney where like it, it it storms by and the thuds and all that again play it with a sub pack or something it's amazing and then it runs off again and you're like oh I'm safe and then it comes screeching down the hall back and rips me out from under the gurney and puts a fucking face through my face so yeah anyway yeah definitely go Predator. check that one out but this is Predator. Um, and now it's on Steam. So we've got a few more details and a trailer, which uh, I'm sure we're going to be playing very shortly. Uh, but this new Predator game is going to feature a single-player campaign, uh, which will follow the story of the original movie. So if you are a fan of the movie, you'll probably get something from that. Uh, you're going to be taking the role of a soldier in the jungle of Panama. I don't think you're going to be taking the role of Arnie as such, but just like a, a soldier in that squad that eventually end up encountering this Predator. Um, you also get the opportunity to be the predator itself. In that was what I was waiting for. Yes. That'd be epic. Yes. Yeah. So you, you get to be uh, the predator in a rampage mode and you get to use all its gadgetry. Holy like shit. Rampage ther- mode. Yeah. Thermal, <laughs> thermal vision, cloaking. You get the plasma cannon, the blade gauntlets. So then you can kind of like impale your enemies and rip their spinal cords out if that's what you're into. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, I'm into that. I'm you're into down. That. You're down. And then there's going to be a multiplayer mode where players can either play as a soldier or one person can play as a predator and then fight it out to the death, which is oh, going to be kind of interesting. Wow, that sounds like Hidden. There was a mod some time ago called Hidden. It was like that. Yeah. So it's kind of like the trailer. If you look at it, it looks kind of basic. Um, yeah, the trailer doesn't look good at all. Is this modded uh, GoldenEye? It looks like GoldenEye yeah. 64. Yeah. It, like the trailer and doesn't like really... The, the horror from the few, like... Yeah, it does. It looks a bit basic, but, but hopefully it'll be fun to play. Exactly. Like, uh, if it's fun to play, then I don't care. I can I can yeah. kiss the graphics goodbye. Yeah. yeah, so this is actually being developed by uh, Phosphor Studios. Uh, they're the team that previously made the Brookhaven experiment, which oh, again okay. is quite an old experience now. One of the very first kind of games um, that was a bit of a Boy shooter games. with the kind of zombies coming at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's been... <laughs> pub- <laughs> it, was, it was the definitive wave shooter it, yeah it, it was it was like the, the defined that genre that and yeah. space pirate trainer right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. sure yeah. um it's being published by foxnet vr studio who uh, also published the planet of the apes vr uh, game which came out last year um so yeah that is predator vr it's not to be confused with predator hunting grounds uh, that's a different game that's being oh. developed as a pancake game for ps4 and it's completely separate from this one so you've got Hunting Grounds, which is a pancake game, and then you've got Predator VR, which is a VR game coming to Steam, and I believe it's also coming to PSVR as well. Question off of what Chris is saying in chat. Are these developers the same as behind Planet of the Apes? No. Okay. No. The the Planet of the Apes team was actually part of um, uh, Andy Circus's studio, which is in London, which I actually got to visit once, oh. and th- they were doing a lot of like the mocap there for that. Uh, but no, it's not the same developers behind the game, just same publisher. Okay. Oh right, yeah, yeah same publisher. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. So nice. we don't have a release date for Predator VR just yet, but um, like I say, it will be coming to Steam and PSVR. I'd imagine in the very fairly near future. Looks good. I, I don't know. Did you guys ever play um, uh, Alien versus Predator Two? multiplayer because that was quite good uh, yes, where you could play alien so. or predator or soldier and in a multiplayer land environment that was pretty cool 
cool. Yeah. I just remember being disappointed by every Alien game that came out ever since like <laughs> Alien 3 on the Super Nintendo. Um, yeah. And there, I think there was one on the PlayStation actually that was pretty good. But um, yeah, I, I haven't been a fan of many of these sort of games for using these franchises since then. Actually, Alien Isolation is an exception, I think. I, I think I'm remembering now why I have AVP2. It wasn't even just the LAN multiplayer. It was There was a demo that came out on a UK PC gamer demo disc, which I played. Oh, wow. And it was the first game. I, I, I was stupid. I, I had the lights out. My brother was sleeping. My parents were away for dinner or something. I was a teenager. Sitting there at home with the PC, right? Lights out. I had my legs up on my chair because I was already kind of scared. Walking down this little like um, grating or something in this demo. And... The whole thing breaks, you fall down, and then there's an alien or whatever in front of you. It's hissing steam, at least. And oh my god, I I, I think I s- screamed and fell out of my chair all in one swoop. <laughs> so that was certainly ingrained. But like from that point, for about 10 years, I just did not play any horror and or space games. Like it was just, no, skip. And now you love them. And and now, I yeah, it's a weird thing that happens. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that is Predator VR uh, coming soon to VR. Uh, next is some congratulations are in order for Sony and the PSVR as they're going to be celebrating their third anniversary tomorrow, the 13th of October. Um, To celebrate this milestone, they've announced some upcoming VR games and experiences coming soon to the platform, such as uh, Bonfire, uh, Audica, Paper Beast, which I'm quite excited about that game. It's made by Eric Kahi, one of the developers behind one of my favorite games of all time, which is Another World. You've also got Pixel Rip 1995, which we played at OC6. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, very, very cool game. And The Room VR, which I also got to try at OC6 as well. Did you play that one, Zim? Uh, the Room, I didn't. No, I, I have actually played it on mobile. I'm not sure. I think it's a totally rebuilt thing it for is. VR. I think but you'll it, like it, that one. It's off the same IP, though, right? And we're talking yeah. essentially Room Escape with puzzles. Yeah, I think you'll like it. It's, uh, the, the, the puzzle design is very complex. It's very cool. Good, good. Um, <laughs> So yeah, uh, Sony, they're running uh, a sale on VR content right now to celebrate uh, up to 60% off on some of the titles such as Skyrim, uh, Superhot, Wolfenstein, Cyberpilot, Batman Arkham VR, That's Doom great. VFR, and Creed Rise to Glory. Cool. Um, so yeah, so got some really solid titles there if you haven't played them already. And and like we said last week, you know, we're, we're super hyped for Iron Man coming to the PSVR. I think that's one of our most anticipated titles for that platform. Uh, that's coming uh, to the PSVR in February next year. And kind of while we're on the subject of PlayStation, we should talk about their new console because Sony uh, this week, they announced that their new console will be called the PlayStation 5, PS5, and will be launching in late 2020. So it's not even that we've got that long to wait, really, which is kind of incredible. Start. I got I got one recommendation here. Start saving. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's going to be a beast looking at the specs. Oh. Um, but on the VR side, like we've mentioned previously on this podcast, the original PSVR will be backwards compatible with the new PlayStation 5, uh, along with its games as well. So, you know, if you're on the fence about uh, investing in a PSVR because of this new console and you've got a PlayStation and you haven't got a VR headset right now, then, you know, I think we've always recommended the PS uh, the PSVR as a solid VR headset. Definitely. Uh, if you have a PS4 already, that is. Um, but of course, you know, some things that we'd wish from a new uh, PSVR is is better tracking. Uh, you know, room scale tracking would be great. Maybe using inside out tracking, that would be a, a nice but little touch. I have seen some like patents like flying around about like new mm. controllers and stuff. So, yes. I mean, I do think that uh, improvements are going to be made soon though. 
Absolutely, because the controllers is another key part that we'd love an upgrade in. Uh, and they are upgrading the DualShock, like you say. You know, they've got a, a new haptic feedback system and adaptive triggers. Mm. So basically, instead of just like a rumble, it's more uh, sort of tactile haptic feedback, which is kind of interesting. A bit more like the kind of HD rumble on the the the, the uh, sort of switch controllers, the, to- the Joy-Cons. Mm-hmm. And then you've got adaptive triggers as well. So like, say you're pulling a bow and arrow back, uh, it's kind of got that resistance on the trigger that yeah. developers can incorporate. So it's going to be kind of interesting, I think, this console. So yeah, we've uh, so we've got those little snippets of information. So hopefully we'll get some more sort of snippets of information about a new headset and some new PSVR controllers as well. I, I, I definitely, when you guys were going into that, I was like, don't, don't, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me and my baby. <laughs> my, my baby, the move control. I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, it, it does need a revision. And it does. I, the thing is, if we haven't heard about a PSVR 2 at this stage and given how, just think about the scale of replatforming PlayStation, who are, I, I don't know the stats, but I, I assume that PlayStation currently is the global console leader and are beating Microsoft's yep. pants off right now. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So yep. um, with that said, with all those you know, homes waiting for equipment, I would not be surprised if they phase out a PSVR 2 later, at least six yep. months later than the platform itself launching. That makes um, sense. And it, yep. again, whether or not they would decide to go for another pro release of the console in a year or two past that release, say 2022, mm-hmm. 23, um, I, I, I would say that's probably likely. Do, are you so convinced that they're going to release a PlayStation VR 2 uh, fairly soon? I, w- I would say probably uh, Zim's probably on the money with that. They'll release the console first and then maybe, you know, three to six months later, uh, they'll announce the next. Because I still I still think that, um, I mean, it could be wrong, of course, but I, I think that uh, the PlayStation VR 2 is going to be a bit longer than that because I, I think the original PlayStation is actually fairly okay still just in general, even considering the competition that is there. Yeah, I would agree. The price, right? Yeah, I mean, I... yeah. <laughs> I would agree with the headset, but the controllers and the room scale tracking—that's that's okay. what it needs. Bad tracking. That, the tracking that, is that is going to get an upgrade, but the oh. headset as well. Well, maybe if they could utilize some method of keeping the original headset and then having a new um, solution for tracking and new controllers, that that would be an interesting way of doing it. One thing I think they're not going to do is I don't think they're going to make the Microsoft Connect uh, judgment error and mm. box a PSVR two or one with every console i don't think that's going to happen because they know their market they're not going to throw a bunch of money out the door they're not going to hinder sales by making this package any more expensive than it needs to be so Mm -hmm. i think we are looking at a modular and likely phased release it's also worth noting that the playstation vr is is the top selling vr headset right in terms of like you know like 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 high-end vr i'm talking you know i'm not counting cardboard or or gear vr Um, (laughs) don't you ever no. So, so, you know, they are the market leaders in, in that sense. So, and, and earlier when we were talking about, you know, HTC, you know, missing the target with the Cosmos, you know, potentially if, if PSVR come out the gates with a, a solid second generation headset, then Oculus would have some competition on their hands, I think. And, and that would spice up the marketplace a little bit more, I think, mm-hmm. particularly if they decided to go with like the Quest route potentially and have an inside out tracked headset that then could be connected to uh, a, like a, a, piece, a PlayStation console. Uh, that would be a really unique uh, proposition. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, that's some uh, news about PlayStation. Third year anniversary for the PSVR, so congratulations to them. I think it's and, I th- just before we transition, I, I, sure. I, I think it's I think it's interesting um, that for me and and I imagine many others, uh, I, I was a Nintendo boy my whole life until you got into VR and then PlayStation hooked me and I was like, okay, I'll try it out, I'll give it a shot. I wasn't expecting to be as impressed as I have been, and the content run that they've done is amazing. We we always talk about that. I wonder how I wonder what their conversion percentages you know like for people who before were not playstation people who they then have picked up either from the console or vr because it's such a solid offering at the price point it it must be pretty heavy must be pretty heavy i would think uh people i I think that um i think that a lot of people who just enjoy games will quite regularly have a playstation even if they have a pc like, because uh, it's also just like what we said was one of the strong points of the quest was like the ease of use. And I think that ad is always like speaks in favor of the console market. You know, like you just boot it up, you start the game, yeah. it automatically updates. You know, you don't need to like fuss around with anything. It's just like it works. And I think that is a major selling point for whatever that PlayStation does. So mm-hmm. I do think a lot of people who game have a PlayStation. I have one question for Chad as well on this point. I know that if I'm connected to a TV, right? And because I had it set up downstairs in my living room for a while, which would be pretty normal. Um, is PlayStation VR able to run without a TV completely? Or do you have to have it tethered in by HDMI for some reason? Because my kids can watch a TV show and I could be playing away Skyrim on, on, the, on, on the PSVR. I'm surprised if it can do that. In other words, run vr without a tv is there someone out there who's like you know in a college dorm with a psvr and a a ps4 or pro sitting in the corner and they're playing their vr games and there's no television in the room you can sure you can do that yeah i I remember seeing a tweet a long time ago of a guy playing his psvr in an airport terminal (laughs) waiting for his plane and he just had the psvr on he didn't have anything else around him so i'm pretty sure that is possible that's that's so cool so that means you can literally as long as you get a power source you bring your yep. PSVR in a duffel bag with a PS4 Pro, right? Cable it into your 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 mains, and you're just yep. into PSVR there. Yeah, I know. We've I'm all seen that, that that portable solution. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like yeah. a it's kind of like a portable headset. I never thought about it that way. <laughs> cool. Uh, so yeah, that's the PSVR. Let's get into the last bit of news this week. Then this will be uh, some good news for Valve Index owners out there, uh, including myself. This this makes me happy. <laughs> Because we got a little update from Brandon Latch, who's the lead developer from Stress Level Zero. They're obviously the team that are developing Boneworks. Now, Boneworks is probably like the most anticipated VR title that's coming to Steam VR in the very near future. You know, the videos of this game went completely viral due to like the intricate hand interactions using the Valve Index controllers and the fact that it kind of looked like a Half-Life game in VR and we're still unsure to this day if we're going to get an official one from Valve. So this is kind of like everyone's pinning their hopes and dreams on this being a success and being what we want it to be. So it's no, a pretty big cross to bear, you know? Like, yeah. It's huge. No, Think of the no, stress no on their team. No, exactly. No pressure, guys. Uh, stress level zero, yeah. my ass. That's all I mean to say. <laughs> More like stress level 100. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yesterday, Brandon, he posted on his uh, Twitter that the game is now playable from beginning to end. So, you know, in terms of like piecing all like the components and the story together, it's all there now. Uh, obviously, this is no indication of a release date, but, you know, it's good to hear that the main development part is complete. And now it's a case of polishing and maybe fixing some bugs and doing some uh, sort of like, uh, you know, 
it, you know, uh, tweaking it a little bit further. Um, but hopefully this means that we're going to get a release by the end of the year. They did say that it's going to be releasing in 2019. So hopefully it comes out before Christmas. Um, God. But what do you guys think about this? Are you excited still for, for Boneworks? I, I'm, I'm mostly excited actually to see how they integrate other headset as well. Since, you know, the the physics on the hands are so intricate to like the experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm wondering how, how it will perform on like, a, on like an Oculus. Since, uh, I mean, if, if they want their game to be successful, then it needs to be working on more than just like the Valve Index. Because, I mean, I think the percentage of the market that has a, has a Valve Index is still fairly small compared like to the other headsets. So mm-hmm. I, I'm interested in seeing how we'll perform actually on other headsets as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, re- resident Half-Life hater here. <laughs> as I've been in past episodes, I'm sick of Half-Life. I don't want Half-Life rehashed. If they have some game loops and interesting game mechanics, then I can get excited about it. What I've seen so far, it looks good, but I've 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 been I've been you know swooned by Stress Level Zero before and kind of bought into their games and then got disinterested in them, you know, within the course of a week or so. So I hope they do well. Um, I think it's a very high hype bar that they're up against, which is, is, is probably, I mean, it's totally warranted given what they do with the trailers. They fucking know how to put a trailer together. You know, <laughs> they know, they certainly know how to do that. They are, if anyone's seen their other stuff, right. They're, they're like filmmakers. Like they do lots of amazing graphical effects and, they do a great um, multi-team view for when they either uh, stream or record a game together. So I like what they produce. I I don't know. Can they give us as compelling a story? Have they had outside help in terms of writers and the the bones of the story? So for Boneworks, if it gives us a, a substantive at least six hour game, you've got me. I'll I'll definitely play it. You know, end to end. But um, Rowdy, I I think you know to your point about the controllers and and the kind of integration. I think we won't be missing much, is my No, I, I agree. I, I really think don't so think we're well. going to miss much in I'm terms just, of index I'm just interested in like how, since like I know that the Vertigo devs, uh, the Vertigo 2 devs did it so well. Mm. Um, yeah. Then I'm kind of wondering like on what, like Amazing. is it going to be equally good? Is it going to be even better? Is it going to be a little mm. bit less? Like more, more on that. I, I'm not doubting that it will work, of course. I think it will, uh, it will work perfectly when. Yeah. So if you, if you disagree with Zim and you love Half-Life, can we have a shame? Shame. <laughs> I, I already, already, shame. already just declared more chat. I already said like uh, f- 500 likes and I will punch Zim through the camera for hating Half-Life. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds I'm fair. Just, yeah, I'm just um, sick of it. I'm an old grump now. But what about you, Mike? But, you're, you're really, like, are you oh, really into yeah. this? Like, you're like, yeah. this is my thing. Yeah, I love this so much. You know, like, I, I remember buying, uh, going out and buying like a voodoo graphics card. But you still hate just, Skyrim. Just, Sorry. Just to... Yeah, I hate Skyrim. Uh, just to play uh, the original <laughs> Half-Life uh, on PC. So, um, so yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of Half-Life. Oh, you got the Voodoo but, 2, was it? Or just Voodoo? Uh, I have no idea. I have no idea now. But I remember it cost me a fortune, but it was worth it. Was worth it. You do realize um, our German friend is going to want to know the answer. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Papa Voodoo. Uh, but one thing to, to sort of answer a question which I know is coming, and that is, is this coming to Quest? Well, there is something coming to Quest, uh, yeah. which is Boneworks, and that's called Project 4, which they announced during Oculus Connect 6. So although you probably won't get the full fat version, which uh, we're getting on PC, you will be getting a Boneworks experience on Quest. So uh, you won't be left out either. So that's something to keep your beady little eyes on. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And that is all the news this week. So now it's time to pass it over to Zim, find out what game's coming out next week. 
Um, I'm kind of interested, actually. I haven't been keeping up to date with what's coming out next week. So, uh, Is there I, anything I'm, coming out? <laughs> well, I, I'm sure you're going to let us know. Yeah, there's not there's not loads, uh, but I do have three things to, to mention to you. Um, I do f- I'm do. i doing a public service with item number two. I'll come back to that in a second. So the first one, totally unexpected. I always like digging through Steam for things that I haven't seen done before. Um, before I launch into this one, have either of you seen a compelling motorcycle or kind of motorbike experience in vr uh no i haven't <laughs> yeah i'm thinking of like i'm like sitting there like crutched oh. on my on my chair like <laughs> the, only stick one... control. <laughs> <laughs> the only one i've played is hover bikes vr and i uh, played it on one of those like motion simulators that was totally awesome hover um, bikes like, what... vr wow yeah, and I played it on one of those like uh, big contraptions, you know, at, like Gamescom. Yeah. It wasn't just gone, but it was the year before. That was really cool. Uh, but I haven't really played anything at home. Well, to take the wind out of my sails, Mike. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that one. I'll have to look it up. Uh, was that a was that a arcade only experience or something? No, like, it's, on, no. it's on Steam. It's on Steam. Okay. It's a bit like Wipeout. Yeah. Okay. So um, you didn't actually steal my thunder, which is good. So. MX Bikes is a game that's been for simmers out there, hardcore simmers, uh, which you know I am. Um, there's a game called MX Bikes, and it's a realistic motocross simulator um, based on a physics engine that's built to accurately detail the way a bike performs. Um, so it, it, it covers kind of like the dynamics of a motorcycle. Uh, it has, I think, five separate independently built vehicles. It's got um, about 10 different tracks, and the game retails for a relatively high price. Most sim games do, though, I would caution, whether it's a roller coaster you're looking for or something else. Um, this is $27.79 in pounds. It's about $30, maybe a little bit more than that. So you have to be into it. And actually, when I saw the trailer, I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, you're showing me a third-person camera. That's really not good enough. I need to see something else. So... I uh, dove across the net, and there was a, there's a fella named Spencer Turley who did record and broadcast uh, a little bit of the first-person action. So I'm going to show you a little bit of that, because I found it to be quite compelling. Um, it shows how the bike handles and how, um, you know, the if anyone's ever ridden uh, a motocross bike uh, or even like a low-CC uh, scooter or something, the, the, the way that works when you're getting airtime Looks really good. Um, some Steam reviewers didn't really like the VR edition. Um, they said it was kind of wobbly VR settings. Um, and there do, are first and third person modes. Say again, Ronnie. You do need a stomach for it, I think. Yeah, like I think you're going to need a stomach it. for this game to an extent because it looks like it'd be rough on on certain people. But it's quite it's quite a compelling uh, view. It, it, they've got the whole handlebars yeah. in there. Um, this game is actually not just early access. It's been in production for the last five years. It's another one of these two-person team jobs. Um, so, you know, aside from thanking Spencer for the uh, for the in, in-game footage, which, you know, I, no way I would spend 30 quid on a game without seeing what it looks like in VR. This is something, motocross and VR, yeah, I'd say hello to it. Uh, so I'm going to reach out and see if the devs will maybe key me up and uh, see if we can play it. The coolest part, is that it's got uh, crossplay with 2D players. 2D players are obviously doing online uh, championships and stuff in this. And I understand there's plans for like custom tracks. So if you liked the old, old school Excite bike, something along those lines, uh, coming to VR, you could build your own track, you could ride it, you can compete against friends. I'd love to compete against other people and see how that looks <laughs> running around a track. You know, if you got like 
even four people going head to head around a track, it would, I just think it would, it would be pretty badass. So uh, what are your thoughts so, on it, Lance? This kind of got me thinking, like, as you mentioned it, um, like, I never know what's going to happen, by the way, or what, what game Zim's going to talk about. But this is just a, my immediate thought came into my mind. I was like, they make steering wheel setups for, like, sim driving games. Does a handlebar setup even exist with a throttle, you know, for, for racing sims? I have seen it, but it was a while ago. Um, I don't know if there's something released in the last three years. I don't know. Um, I'll have to do some research. So that'd be cool. Like just get get a stool and straddle it like a, like a bike seat and have some handlebars. That'd be badass. Gotta be expensive, and it's I, yeah, I, I, obviously they're in the arcade. Room. You know. Yeah. What were you saying, Ryan? Kill me. <laughs> You're saying that there's no space in his living room, and his missus oh. would kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she already made him make a room for a studio, so <laughs> yeah. we know that would be the case. So that was the first one. Uh, that one was uh, P I B O S O. So Piboso uh, is the developer, and that launched on the seventh of October. Available currently for Index Five and Rift. Um, so I, I don't know that there's any hand uh, hand tracking support. I think it's just basic support, but actually they had a video three years ago showing off early Rift support. So this has been a long time in the making actually, which is, which makes me want to try it. Um, okay. The next game, um, some of you have played this. It actually launched on, um, launched on steam back in August, but now it's come to Oculus home, uh, which is what I like to call poor person's Asgard wrath, which is (laughs) until you fall. And I say that in two respects. It's only a three gig in- install for those of you who maybe have played a little bit of <laughs> Asgard's Wrath this week or done the install. And again, I won't comment on Asgard's Wrath, but uh, this is uh, this is a, a game that centers around you being a, a rune knight. It's uh, it's roguelike. Um, and on the 10th of October, this launched on Oculus Home. So for those of you who have a rift and are interested in, in a game that will make use of your VR domain, uh, and I say that because you need a bit of space before you go whacking your walls or breaking a fist. Um, quite an excitable title, this one. Um, and it, it is a it is a it is a game that for me, given I've not played it, I have some questions about. But you're basically fighting, 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 dying, getting upgrades, fighting, 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 dying, upgrades, fighting, upgrades, dying. Uh, which is why it's from the team uh, Shell Games behind uh, I Expect You to Die. So clearly they followed <laughs> up with I Expect You to Die with you're definitely going to die and you're going to die a lot. Um, but my question to you guys who've played this is, how grindy is it? Um, because and, and how satisfying is the combat? Because Especially for given you guys have, have played Asgard's Wrath and could compare the two. Because a user on Steam called Vectra was complaining about equivalently what they called quick time type events, where needing to slash in a particular direction is like the only acceptable option. So if it says slash left, if you don't slash left, everything else gets parried. So my question to you is, yeah, is it grindy and how satisfying is the combat? I haven't, uh, I haven't played it, so I don't okay. know. Okay, uh, so yeah, it is kind of grindy. Uh, most roguelites are, yeah. I guess. Um, Yes, you do have to slash at a certain direction at a certain time. Um, each enemy has its own unique attack pattern, which is kind of repetitive. So mm. once you know that pattern, you know it. However, the game was insanely fun, and it was a workout as well. I really enjoyed it. 
Um, it is challenging. It's hard as balls. Like, you know, uh, getting to the first boss and defeating him was a real challenge. And I did die the first time, had to do it a second time. And then as soon as I had finished him, I encountered a new load of enemies and they just destroyed me. Um, I just think it's such a shame that they released it now on Oculus the same, like the day after Asgard's The Wrath. day of, actually. And that's, that's oh, the day one of. of the points I was going to make here is that if you're going to launch on the 10th alongside, why did you do that? And I, I, that's, that's why I introduced it as kind of the poor person's Asgard's Wrath, because I do feel that Oculus are saying, this is a high-priced title. Why don't we slot it in on the same day so that at least they're not, you know, it gives you something to go to. It's like, if you can't get Asgard's Wrath, here's something that yeah. kind of looks like it's a different game, obviously, but there, there are some weird. people in chat saying that the combat is actually uh, uh, better than it is in Asgard's Wrath. Yeah. I guess that also depends a little bit on what you, what, what you like, for, yeah. what you like. Yeah. The, um, the combat is very tight and that's real. That's a good thing in my eyes. It's very tight. Whereas, Sometimes Asgard's Wrath, we'll get into it more later, but sometimes it can be a bit wafty. Wonky, yeah. um, and and Asgard's and, and the combat isn't Asgard's Wrath's strongest feature, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but so it, it's this game does have better combat to a certain degree, I would say. But it depends what kind of combat you like. Like yeah. I say, it's very formulaic, but there's some that will appeal to some people and then dying and then earning those things to then upgrade your character to then go back again and and have that empowerment as a player that you've you've got stronger and better there's something magical about that i I just do think it's a shame that they've launched like you say on the same day Mm. because i think it's going to take some of the the attention away from it and it it deserves more more Uh, yeah because i feel like there's a there's definitely a shielding effect here uh that that's that's quite pronounced and Shell Games are, are are a veteran in the industry, 20 plus years game design uh, release experience. So for me, looking at this, this is definitely on the, once I get better, because I, this is one of those games you need to be okay and fit for. Oh yeah. Like oh, you, yeah. you need to be all right. Um, you're going to be prancing around for it. I heard the sound design and the level, the arenas were actually quite uh, astonishing. Some people said that the quality of the work that went into this uh, it exudes through the game and it really stands out. Oh yeah, like the music gets you pumped, like to to beat the crap out of some people. <laughs> like it is good. Yeah, they called it something. They said um, uh, as per as per uh, the features on Steam. One of the things they said was driving synthwave or swordwave soundtrack to keep you yeah. fighting. And I was oh like, yeah, you, okay. you'll, you'll love it playing it with a sub pack. Oh yeah, god, sure. I can't. Oh now you yeah you've got me anyway. So but it yeah. sounds it sounds good. So you like craft your weapons, you upgrade and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, cool. It's a fun game. Funny, fun odd, game. odd release uh, cycle. So, that, so again, uh, that was originally launched 27th of August um, this year on Steam, and now 10th of October, it's available for you to buy on Oculus Home. Uh, it is 14.99 in pounds, uh, which is half the price of Asgard's Wrath, and about one one hundredth of the install size on your hard drive. <laughs> so that's game two. All right, game three. Let's uh, move on to another one. Um, this one uh, in a in a now guess, crowding uh, space on Oculus Quest and in VR, Knockout League is coming to Oculus Quest uh, again. Fourteen ninety nine uh, by Grab Games, oh. launching on the seventeenth of October. So later in the week. This is an arcade-style boxing game. Uh, Single-player only, uh, but it was rebuilt for the Quest. 
and it was built ground up for VR. Uh, this title's been around for some time. I sadly haven't played Knockout League yet. It's one of the few boxing titles I haven't managed to touch yet, so I'll be checking this out on Quest at some point. Um, involves realistic moving and dodging, one-to-one motion. A uh, little bit different to Creed in that respect. I'm just giving a Creed a jab there. It is Oculus Cross by enabled, which is good if you're looking to buy on one platform, but you know you have a Rift and you have a Quest, for instance. Um, there's some drills, kooky characters, very cartoony in nature. Not really much more for me to say about it. Um, all I can say is I saw their, uh, their launch release trailer had like 50 views on it. So obviously there, there's not too much hype around this just yet. I don't know if people knew this was coming or not. Yeah, so like this game is basically like Super Punch-Out in VR. You know, mm. it's got the kind of same style. Um, you know, the bosses, they have their own attack patterns a bit like uh, until you fall. They have certain attack patterns which you have to learn to to beat them and they are bloody hard as well. Um, but, you know, the quest already has Creed Rise to Glory, which is a great boxing game. Yeah. So and I box think VR, that's where it's going to... Which is and a, box VR. a little bit different. Yeah, so I think if if you were really a fan of Super Punch Out back in the day, then you'll probably get a kick out of this. But if not, I think maybe you know uh, Creed Rise to Glory probably has the the jump on this one. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I think it's much more indeed like uh, Until You Fall uh, rather than like Creed exactly for yeah. the mechanics that they put in there. Like it's not really, yeah. it's not a boxing game. It's more like a learn a pattern and try to defeat an enemy, which can be fun because I just watch like the M bosses or like the, the different fighters, and they do like yeah. they, they they do look like they put like interesting stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. you 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 will you will learn to to hate octopus. Put it that way. <laughs> in this game, oh, no. I still want I still want thrill thrill of the fight to come over. That was always my yeah, favorite that boxing was a really game. Really good one. People got in your face. They had a Halloween update where like there was a zombie who was really coming after you and you were like it you really broke it was the most I, real, realistic one that I've played, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It was the most realistic, most in your face, like the scale of the enemies. Like I remember fighting this one Puerto Rican dude. I forget <clears> what I called him, a big tuna fish or something. <laughs> and he was coming at me and the I still remember having the Vive controllers like they had them turned to the side. It was the first title I yeah. saw where you had that. And it really gave you the right feel and you could grip tightly and you could really throw your punches and it used the room scale. So um, I don't know what happened to that game and uh, if the developers are dead or what's happening, but uh, really looking forward to that. So that's another one. Yeah. Um, PD did mention one game in passing, which uh, I don't have a video prep for, but I'll just mention because I did, I did hear that Nathy played. I don't know if you got a chance, Mike or, or Rowdy. Uh, Spectro Rich released, which is a roguelite Ghostbusters game. And apparently that's quite good as well. Again, so look look out for that. That was Spectro. Thanks, PD, for the uh, for the shout. Uh, if anyone else, again, if I've not done my job and uh, missed any core releases, please drop them in chat. It's always good to have them there. Uh, but otherwise, back to you, Mike. Cool, cool, nice one. Um, so the first topic this week, we've got, we've got two topics. Firstly, we'll talk about Asgard's Wrath, and then we'll talk about uh, Black Box VR. Uh, but let's get into Asgard's Wrath then, because this is an Oculus-exclusive title launched this week from Sanzaru Games. They previously made Marvel Powers United, which I have to say I wasn't a massive fan of. I really liked the character models in that game. I really liked the Marvel Universe. Didn't like the repetitive gameplay. Thought it was very linear. Uh, so I was kind of a bit like, 
eh about this one. You know, like I, I'm I'm not a big Skyrim fan, as Zim previously mentioned in this episode. Shame, uh, shame. <laughs> <laughs> so so that whole like kind of fantasy style, you know, the setting of this didn't really appeal to me that much. You know, I'm more of a kind of Stormland guy. You know, I like the tech and the kind of sci-fi-ness of those kind of games. Um, but I think I just completely read this game completely wrong. Uh, and I even played it before at PAX. Uh, but I think what I played was a small arena where it was just waves of people coming at you and you're just fighting them. Um, whereas, like I said, with, you know, uh, when Zim mentioned uh, Until You Fall, that the the combat in Asgard's Wrath, in my opinion, isn't its strongest feature. The strongest feature, in my opinion, is the whole world, its story and the companions, which, of course, we'll dive into. Um, so, yeah, I completely underestimated this game, I think. And then when I played it, I just fell in love with it. And it, it really does a, an amazing job, I think, of drawing you in very quickly to this world and making you feel like a part of it and that you're an important part of it. And I think that's what a f- very few VR titles do really well. And I was kind of thinking back as to when was the last time I really felt this way about a VR game? <laughs> um, and it was probably Blood and Truth, yeah. which was, was it, it, it's questionable now whether it's still my game of the year. I think this, this Asgard's Wrath will come very close but i haven't completed it yet so i want to complete it first before i give it a stamp of approval uh in that sense but um prior to that it was probably lone echo you know yeah again these these games lone echo blood and truth asgard's wrath they they do a very good job of like getting you involved very quickly and and making you care about the story and mike i know you're generally very sensitive and good on this point chad is screaming out for please no major spoilers i will reiterate that as i have not played the game Okay. Yep. No. No spoilers. It's just at no the spoilers. ending, you know. You got. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. Like, I, I don't think anyone would have finished it anyway because Long. I think it's touted as a forty-hour game. Like developers, uh, Sansaru was saying, it, it took them around forty hours to speedrun it. I think Upload potentially completed it in around thirty hours. So I don't know but, if they were but, just. But I mean, that's, that's full-time completion, right? Because I mean, the main yeah. storyline they're they're saying to sixty-seven hours, right? Um. No, they're saying even longer. I think. Because I know that I think that uh, I saw that Frank finished it in about like seven hours. Right, but it's got like multiple side quests. You can revisit yeah, areas and stuff like that. So uh, I think yeah. I think Frank finished it and he had like thirty percent of it done or something. Exactly. I'm hearing a yeah. lot of Skyrim. I'm hearing a lot of Skyrim here. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, Skyrim. I was I was completely wrong about this. Doesn't make me want to go back and play Skyrim though. I have to oh, be honest. Come on. Um, so let's start with the graphics because I think this is one of the things that really makes this game stand out. Like graphically, it looks gorgeous. Like, uh, you know, you can play as a mortal when you're on the ground or you can be a God and you can overlook the whole sort of scenery, the whole battlefield and everything's just super detailed. You can interact with so many different bits and pieces of the world, solve puzzles that way. And it just looks beautiful. And, And sometimes when you're looking back at this kind of scenery, it's just like, wow, you're just in awe of it almost. You know, it looks that good. Um, but what about you, Rowdy? What did you think of the graphics uh, of, of Asgard's Wrath? Yeah, I, I think it's it's visually stunning, just uh, just in general. Um, the amount of polish that the, that the title has is, uh, is nothing but amazing. Um, I do think that it... Um, I mean, I, I know I had a little bit of trouble getting it running as smoothly as I would like to. Of mm. course, uh, I'm recording it. I'm increasing the field of view. I'm, I'm, I'm super sampling. So there's a lot of stuff that I do that a lot of people who will just play the game won't do. 
Um, but I, I did notice that it was fairly processor heavy. Uh, mm -hmm. My graphics card was not getting tested really a lot, but it was mostly the processor that was struggling. So I'm thinking it has to do with the uh, with the recording more than the game itself. Uh, so but yeah, it's, it's like just a, a, like a loveless response here, Rowdy. It's all technical stats. Tell us how you feel. Tell us what's inside. Yeah, well, we're just talking about the, about the visual quality now. Like I think, I mean, I'll, I'll give my opinions later on about the, yeah. about the game, but um, I think visually the, the game is just stunning. The art design is, is, is really well thought out. It's mm -hmm. all very consistent with the, with the lore that is so throughout in the game as well. Um, the, the, the way that the characters are portrayed is really well done as well. It's, it's really like a lot of thought that has just been put in in details that um other games even triple a games don't do and i think yep. that is um that is a really really uh good accomplishment especially for a vr game yeah and there's there's systems in the game where you can learn much more about the world and the characters and the environments yeah. and the story even in more detail than you're being told through the story naturally so if and you want even, to dig deeper you can like uh, to 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 keep on the on the topic of of graphics, what I what I really liked was uh, the way that they did uh, certain cutscenes, mm -hmm. um, because with a cutscene, you're you, it's not really a cutscene, but you're viewing it from like the god perspective, kind of. I mean, mm -hmm. the cutscenes that I've had so far, so it's always uh, it looks like a cutscene that you you're looking at a character, but you're you're playing actually as the god form who's looking at the character, and I think that's a nice kind of twist to like keep the immersion going as well mm -hmm. um, so yeah i got a question for you both on this point because uh from the demos and i did play the demo where you were on in the intros starting um when you move into god mode i always found a very odd uh grittiness to the graphics and this kind of like when they downscale the world like i didn't like how it looked in god mode and i just wanted to know if either of you felt the same way because it's not the first game like that, uh, I, I found the same problem with, uh, what's that quest title that looks like Zelda? Oh, Journey of the, Journey Gods. Of the Gods. Same thing with Journey of the Gods. When they downscale, it's kind of like aliasing or something. I don't, I don't know how to describe mm. it. It's like, a, it's like a grittiness. I think you'll probably, you'll probably notice that again still, yeah you know yeah. i think it's still there but for me it didn't really bother me that much like i, I, I just i didn't I, I didn't notice it myself no. i don't really know what you're talking about i do understand um, like like the, the whole world is being compressed to a certain degree because it has to be yeah you know uh to be viewed that way but uh it didn't bother me at all and i think you know we we, we touched on the the install size like it is 120 gigabytes and i think the reason why it is so big is because of all the textures and everything else that they've crammed into yeah. this game and uh, they've obviously spent a lot of time and, and effort to make it look like like it does um, i do think that the way that they use the scale is, is really well done in the game though because yes. if you if you look at how like things that look like absolutely massive when you go into god mode you can just like pick them up and they're like like actually fairly small so i do like i do like how that is done as well yeah and it's completely unique to vr like i don't think this game could have been done any other way in that sense and that's what i really like you know it brings something mm -hmm. new uh, and refreshing to to vr and that's why you know in in my video i i said that that vr needs more games like Asgard's Wrath. And I, I kind of meant that in the sense that we need these bigger, fleshed out, more detailed games that you can really suck some time into rather than these, you know, Beat Saber's great and all, but, you know, 20 minutes, you're kind of done, you've got your fill, whereas this is going to keep you coming back for more, I think. And certainly that's the way I feel about it. Um, does, having, does having a uh, a pet, I know there's, um, I think it's animal concubines you have in the game. <laughs> Companions. Yeah. So, so That's the C word I was looking for. So 
that's actually one of my favorite features of this game. Um, we've mentioned this before, I think, on previous episodes, that having an AI yeah. VR companion works in VR incredibly well. I think we were talking about it in, in relation to um, uh, The Journey. Uh, where you because have a lot of VR games that I do, like Vertigo does it as well, with like yeah. the robot that follows you. Uh, Vader yeah. Immortal does that with Zoe. You have like a lot of VR games that actually use that. And it's very compelling. You know, having, and immersive. Because and you don't feel like you're on this adventure on your own anymore. You feel like you've got a sense of responsibility for this character. You want to look after it. You, you interact with it. You fist bump it. You high five it. Uh, you, you start to build up this relationship and your bond with these characters. And I really love that. I think it's, it's such a a magical thing to do in vr mm-hmm. um so yeah the companions um there are multiple i won't tell you how many or, or what they are but there are multiple different companions that have unique abilities um yeah and they're brilliant one of my favorite parts i i, um, I, I kind of expected that only because of um you were into pokemon go for a little bit as well and it's just mm-hmm. this like that companion uh element uh, just having a buddy and VR. Yep. I think it's something that a lot of people are also looking for when you do that. Mm-hmm. It's like have the friend, and and I think Oculus knew that from the very outset. Remember when we? Uh, I'm forgetting the name of it, but um, the first steps or whatever it's called mm-hmm. uh, when you first introduced the CV1, and you're this little toy robot that was your friend, and yep. straight off the bat, like that connection, that bond. I don't think you'd forget it easily, or even if when you watched Henry, that same kind of feeling. And um, yeah, yeah. Again, I won't I won't give away what they are, but the first. Uh, the first, I still want to say concubine. <laughs> you, companion. The, the first companion that you meet uh, is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I got to see him on the show floor. So, Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, the companions are brilliant. Let's talk about the sword play then, because we kind of touched on that briefly when uh, Zim was talking about uh, after uh, Until You Fall. Um, and I think the sword play is, is, is good. Uh, it is tricky. It is hard. There's certainly I'm playing on like um, the difficulty under the highest one. I think it's medium. Um, so you, there are enemies that wear armor, and you, the only way you can destroy them is by taking their armor off. And the only way you can take their armor off is by parrying their special move, which mm-hmm. then breaks their armor. Um, and that can be kind of challenging to get the grip of at the beginning. You kind of get owned a little bit at the beginning. Certainly between like sort of using your sword then parrying maybe like a kick or a headbutt and then, you know, parrying their attack. It, it, you, you get into the rhythm of it eventually, but it's got a bit of a steep learning curve in that sense. Mm. But once you get it, it's very satisfying. I will say that. I, I agree with you on that part. Um, that I mean, I, I played it now as well on the same difficulty as you did because I originally played it on easier because I wanted to have like a, because I know it's 40 hours, you know, I, I kind of want to like, you know, go through it and not spend too much time on it because I still have other things to do as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I did put it on that difficulty just because of the um, the extra benefit you get from like the fighting scenes. Um, I do have a little bit of, I, I mean, I agree when people say that like the finding is probably not the strongest point. And for me, that has mostly related to the shield. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I mean, my shield like broke like almost immediately because it was a bit too rowdy with it. Huh, see what I did there. <laughs> um, but uh, the the problem was with me like normally when you hold a shield, you hold it with the you know the back of your hand. You know, you, you turn your controller with the back of your hand. But for some reason, I I, I don't really know why. Uh, your knuckles will be facing the enemy when mm-hmm. you hold the shield, and for me that's not a natural position to hold the shield because you hold your sword in your right with your knuckles facing you know, the Mm -hmm. enemy, and then you hold your shield as well. And then you need to do the bash mechanic, which means you need to, you need to push like this instead of actually 
pushing with the back of your hand. So uh -huh. I would like it that they actually switch it like, you know, like 90 degrees so that you hold your shield like you, you would hold a shield, you know, with the with the back of your arm uh, in order to do like a proper bash as well, like to punch the, the weapon out. So I, I, I would like to see a, a 90 degree switch on the, on that particular thing. Of course, I I'm nitpicking here. Huh? I yeah, mean, yeah. You need to find some things that you don't like as well. So Yeah. I wonder if they do that because of the tracking uh, with the Rift S. Uh, I don't know what yeah. the what the reason is, uh, um, but I know that, um, for example, I think Blade and Sorcery that they do hold it uh, proper. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, uh, there's also one thing I, I miss a little bit about the about the fighting is that um, the swords don't really have any weight to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they they feel really like really light and really fast going. Um, well, I would like to, mm. and I don't know how to do that, but I would like to see like a little bit of like added weight. In order to make like the fighting seems, yeah. Blade and Sorcery does that incredibly well. Exactly, Especially with their yes, two-handed weapons, you could take a halberd up and you're like, you're like dragging it across the screen. But what you basically yeah. do is you introduce some kind of like lag to the mm -hmm. weapons path, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it naturally makes you want to kind of slow down as you're dragging it across because you're not getting the effect you expect. Yeah. yeah, so like, I, but that, like, that being said though, uh, the AI mechanics of, uh, of fighting um are really cool i really mm -hmm. like it that even if you that, that they're actually fairly smart and fairly quick to react um you really need to get better in the fighting mm -hmm. in order to like you know com complete like a or, or kill a certain enemy so i do like like the the certain difficulty that comes with that and it, it gives that a much more uh realistic feel yeah exactly because i just wanted to sort of be clear that you can't just kind of like wave your sword like a feather duster and like waggle it mm -hmm. and you'll win it just doesn't work um, like that you uh, can do that against the enemies like like you have like certain types of enemies that are like kind of dumb mm. um that don't really have like parrying mechanics uh, into it uh there you can just like waggle around with you that's why i'm saying like oh, you know if the sword doesn't have any weight you can still like go mm. of course you don't do that because you want to feel immersed i mean at least i do um, yeah so you still go for I, power, I saw but... a very um vivid demonstration of that with the gentleman who was turned around to his camera and wagging quite <laughs> Specifically, yes, but but I, I agree in that you, you're right in that blade and sorcery and like hell hell spit arena they they handle like you know a sword actually hitting an enemy in a better way it feels more sort of realistic mm -hmm. whereas like you say your sword does kind of go through an enemy in this game, um, but you know like I said the sword play for me isn't really what makes this game shine it's, it's yeah. everything else pieced together um, we should probably just talk about the story because it has got these this sort of story woven into the game again i won't spoil anything uh but there's like multiple characters multiple storylines all within this kind of like asgard uh norse mythology um that's just Which really interesting very in depth very yeah. very in depth uh, also the the difference in scenes like uh like in like the the first I think I played it for a good three or four hours now, mm -hmm. um, and I think I've like just finished the tutorial. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm roughly around that point, but it's like the the extent of like the of the scenes and like the how how deep the story actually goes. If you wanted to, you don't have to go with that deep either. But it's like uh, it's impressive. It's it's just impressive to see that in a VR game. And I think you you hit the nail on the head there by saying that I think that VR really needs something. I think this is a hallmark for VR yeah. to go even further. I think this is something that now people will look at and say like, oh damn, I think I want a VR headset now just to play this certain title. And I think that's a huge accomplishment. And I think that this is something that we haven't seen really yet in virtual reality. Mm -hmm. we, we've seen with like Beat Saber, people are like, oh, I think that's cool. 
but to really have something that is so, um, how would I say it? So uh, engaging as mm -hmm. this title. Mm. I don't think we've seen that yet. So Mike can't because he's not to put in the time to Skyrim, but Rowdy, compare it to Skyrim. How does it differ? What are the things that it does right that, because Skyrim was a, was a, a flat game that they VRified. Very different yeah. from direct interactions and all that, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious. Okay, so if, if you compare it to Skyrim, I'm not talking about Skyrim VR now. Skyrim of, in, in general is, is even bigger. It's even more like even the side quests are like insanely detailed. And, you, know, you, you can not even touch the storyline and still have a very story-driven experience in the, in the side quest. So in, in terms of that, like, of course, Asgard's Wrath will not be able to compete. But if we're talking about Skyrim VR, mm. although I like Skyrim VR, for me, certain things um, are not enough VR. You know, we, we've had the discussion yeah. before, right? If I need to press a button in order to pick something up, for me, that doesn't, it's not correct. Doesn't you know, that's not, yeah. For me, that doesn't do it. While this game, it does do that. If you see a rat running around on the floor, you can run to that rat, pick it up, and like, throw it in the fire or whatever. You know, th those are the kind of things that make it for me <laughs> better. It's, well, it's true. This is this is how you got your doctorate. Yeah, I, I see it now. All, all those rats <laughs> that died in fires. <laughs> but, it's just instant reflex. You so, know? <laughs> so, so you would see it as a, a more enriched, enhanced uh, VR, VR, VR interactivity and game design yeah. kind of on top of those core elements. Because a lot of what Mike was saying about the basic things that were attracting him to the game. I'm just going like, that's Skyrim. <laughs> it's just like, reading off a list of like what I love about Skyrim. So, um, sorry, Mike. Th that, only... is indeed, that is indeed true. But I do think that the, the virtual reality interaction is, is deeper in Asgard's Wrath compared to something like Skyrim, something like Fallout. So a question then for you both. Uh, the ability to wander and explore off the main quest, whatever that is, how free is it? Can you just wander across the lands or is it, and, and are there loading breaks between scenes? Those are the two questions I have. Yes, uh, uh, it, it is in that, in that sense, I do think it's different than Skyrim because Skyrim is basically one big map that you can go to wherever you like. Yeah. While this is more still, um, I mean, for, as far as I have experienced, and I'm sure that maybe Mike has a, as a, as a, a better opinion on that, but, from what I, what I have experienced, there are certain levels that you load into, yeah. and then you explore those levels, and they are not as free and open as Skyrim would be, yeah. uh, but they are st they still allow a, a certain degree of exploration. Okay. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's also worth noting that you can revisit areas that you've previously passed with other characters that will give you access to other areas that you previously couldn't access before so a bit like yes. metroidvania in that sense yeah i love also, that by the way in, in game design i think it's really rewarding to kind of be like especially to keep in your head like the purple chest we need to go back to the purple chest because now i've got the purple concubine a uh, purple what was the word companion companion, companion. the purple companion <laughs> yeah. cube for the purple chest i got it i don't yeah. even know what a concubine uh, is concubine is a uh, <laughs> Uh, we'll explain it to you off the podcast, Mike. Okay. I, I do recommend if you, if you have the space, because of course it is a huge title, uh, to install it on an SSD because the loading yeah. scenes can get quite long. Although yep. they do put like some some text for you to read in there, some lore for you to read in there. So that, that is nice. Um, but uh, if you can, I would put it on an SSD just in order to, uh, to limit the, the loading times. Yeah. And also like it's got a very deep and complex 
upgrade path, you know, for your character, for weapons. Um, also your companions, you can upgrade them as well. Uh, and obviously you need to collect a lot of items. So there's a, there's a big inventory system as well. Do you gear them up? Do you give them weapons, armor, that kind of thing? Okay. Yeah, so you arm them up and you can upgrade them. Uh, you basically go back to the tavern, which is like kind of your home base. Um, and there you can play some like pub games. So there's like a, a coin flip game and there's an axe throwing game. Uh, you can earn some money like gambling and you can also just unlock some side quests by doing those as well. Yeah, uh, um, wow. yeah qu- quickly on the uh, on the openness of the levels, because I saw that uh, David Psycho actually gave a good comparison. He said that uh, so it's much like the Dragon Age levels. And if you actually play dragon age ever i do think it's a uh, it's similar to that kind of uh that kind Fun. of stuff okay yeah i'm glad you touched on the pub games mike people in chat were asking for it and i i, I do have to light a small candle for everybody who is in the situation which i've heard many friends uh be in for this game uh, which is the game of freeing up hard drive space um <laughs> and i i have heard a very strong recommendation because of level load times that SSD is what you desire. So if you happen to have an SSD and it's, I guess, 512 or more, I, I, I have heard though for installs, it's not just the one to one that you need. It's something more than that. Uh, 140, 150, there's some breathing room that the installer needs to be able to complete. And if you don't have enough space, the Oculus home installer will actually choke and it will go through the process again. So if you have a slow internet speed, and you're like waiting up over the over the two nights and your PC is chewing away. You don't want to get to the end of that. So clear some additional headroom, even yes. if it causes you some pain. Uh, you don't want to have to re-download. We actually have some uh, some comparisons in the chat as well. We have uh, Welsh Saucy saying that he has over one minute load times on a regular HDD, while a Meow Mix on SSD, his load screens are between five to ten seconds. So yeah. it's a substantial difference that people are. Working. I mean, you usually see at least a fifty percent leap, but that's that's mm-hmm. even more than that. So, good, good, good to hear it. <laughs> so let's just kind of give a, a our overall recommendation then, instead of like diving any deeper, because I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. Yeah. Um, I would just say that you know this is probably what we've all been asking for and what we've all been wanting for a long, long time: a premium game with an engaging story with unique mechanics that you can never see in traditional games you have these psychic companions that are amazing you're going to sink in you know 30 to 40 hours into this game it may be a premium priced game i'm not sure what the price is but you're getting okay but you're getting you know a a decent amount of content here that is worth the investment i would say and in the uk we actually didn't get screwed it's 29.99 it's like that's nice that they i mean for a 40 dollar game you'd expect it's probably going to be 40 quid and yeah that's great actually 30 pounds so and I understand that Stormland is going to be the same price as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I would even take it further. I think that uh, since Asgard's Wrath, like the entire VR scene has, has changed a little bit, that the, the bar has been lifted just like, you know, quite a bit higher, actually, which I think is a, is a really good thing since we've yeah. been saying for a while already that the quality in VR titles has been increasing over mm-hmm. the, the past couple of months. Um, I myself have been playing far less shuffleware, which I, which I think is a good thing. Um, but I think really like Asgard's Wrath is the the first title that I'm like honestly like truly excited about uh, about diving back into and just exploring what is further on. So yep. uh, come on, guys, let's continue since I have some stuff. I got to do a, I got a question from chat. I'm manipulating a question from chat. How often do you find yourself hitting your exhaustion limit uh, when playing games? And like, how many 
hours standing does it take you? Like what gives out? Like for me, I'd say, you know, I can probably do three, four hours, no problem. And then I start to feel like uncomfortable down my spine, down the back. And I'm like, I, I got to take a seat. But like, I usually don't go past two hours. Yeah, yeah same. It's normally because I forget to drink and stuff like that, you know, while I'm in VR. So I'm normally like needing a drink or need to just eat something. Still at the whiskey, uh, that, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The hip flask. Um, so that's the really the really thing that that holds me back. But I do I do I did plan to play more yesterday, uh, but I ended up going out and doing some real world stuff instead. But uh, I am Ooh. like Rowdy says, very much looking forward to in my mind, excited about jumping back in, which is something that I haven't had for a long time. But also, I would just also say that just don't take our word for it. I think this game has been getting glowing reports across the board. You know, like Upload VR, for example, they said it's the best VR game so far. Uh, IGN gave it a nine point four, which is which yeah, is wow. the oh, highest. That's blistering. Like, like, because just even getting covered as a VR game by IGN is uh, is already like a quite a quite a feature because they don't cover that much VR. Yeah, but right. they gave a nine point four out of ten on a yep. VR game. Yeah, there's no other game that has done that. I think so. Unheard mm. of, exactly. And the thing is as well, like even if you even if you don't own an Oculus headset, although it is an Oculus exclusive title, you can play this on like a, an Index or a Vive. Uh, the game is working using a Revive. I saw Kess and Cherry streaming it using the Index last night. So although it will probably have some minor issues, for the most part, it works. So uh, you can go check it out uh, on any headset, pretty much. Nice. I was just I was just checking because Rowdy Rowdy mentioned he's like. I don't think any Time. any other VR game. I'm like Astrobot. What did IGN give Astrobot? <laughs> Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. There you go. So that is Asgard's Wrath. Very cool game. One that you should definitely check out, or at least be on your radar. Even if you're not into those kind of games like me, I think you'll enjoy it nevertheless. Um, so let's wrap up the show then with our hands-on impressions of Black Box VR. Now this is kind of interesting because Black Box VR is like the world's first virtual reality gym. Like it's a proper gym. You go to it. They don't have traditional weights or machines. It's all VR. That is it. <laughs> and you pay a membership like you would at any gym. Uh, I think it's actually a hundred bucks uh, a month. So it's quite, quite pricey. Exactly. Uh, but uh, of course, Zim and I, we were both in the San Francisco area uh, around Oculus Connect 6. And this is where they have a physical location there for Black Box VR. They have one in San Francisco and they also have one in a place called Boise in Idaho. So they're the only two locations you can check this out right now. Um, so I don't know. Do you want to start off with your kind of experience with it so far? <coughs> sure. Zim? Yeah. So, I mean, Black Box, I, I, you know, the facility um, that, that I saw, and I just kind of happenstance, I was, I was in San Francisco a little bit early and I thought, hey, uh, you know, we covered it actually about two years ago, I think. We talked about Black Box and I was just curious. It was, it was, it was literally a Black Box in my mind with a big question mark in it. I was like, what is this? And I was on my own and I was feeling a little bit like I'm a VR dude and hey, I could I, I could use some some gym time while I'm on holiday. Why not? Um, so I, I found this uh, location. It was, it was a lot nicer than I was expecting it to be, to be honest. And um, the gym was uh, and I've, I've done several gyms in my life. Um, I'd say it was probably one of the more well-equipped uh, that I've done. I've done from like small, uh, you know, five running machines kind of company gym up to you know a large kind of like Reebok establishment I've, I've done a number of different gyms even though I don't look like it and I'm not a regular I'm not a gym person um it was, it was quite nice uh but walking in there my impression was I suppose my expectation initially was I'm gonna walk in here it's gonna be very much gym gym with like one room with like a VR headset in it and um, you know, I'm going to be the one scrawny dude in here. I'll be like, all right, come on, put me in the box and they'll close the door and 
there'll be some silly little game that's ter- a terribly designed app. And what I wasn't experience wasn't expecting was, um, firstly, like a for me, it was like a thirty minute. I, I did a lot of talking with the with the with the team there, um, and this was let's say six p.m. on a on a given I don't know Monday or Tuesday or something, and um, and it took probably about thirty minutes to sign me up. Uh, now the, the they they went through kind of like a whole waiver system, which you would expect with something like this that's engaging, where you're not looking at something that's using machine equipment, all that kind of thing. But the setup process took longer. I was expecting it to take 10 minutes. They give you like, sit you down on a couch, you have an intro video, shows you how the game's gonna work. And I was like, why is it gonna take, you know, why is it taking this long? Well, it's because the game is a MOBA. It's a mm-hmm. battle arena. And that concept, having like multi lanes and stuff, I was like, I did not expect a MOBA. I was expecting some kind of wave shooter or I don't know, something. Um, and so the mechanism itself um, that you end up using, once you're kind of set up, ready to go, you get a Vive tracker on each wrist. feels a little cumbersome, but you know you kind of forget about it quickly enough. <clears throat> you have a Vive Pro on your head. And then the actual um, equipment itself is like a resting mat that comes out from the wall. Like, um, God, how would I, how would I call it? Let's say uh, this thing, this thing gets happy in front of you, and uh, you press your chest up against it, and it's like a it's a it's a resting bar, and then you have two triangles which you grab with your hands, and you you use those with tension uh, tension pulls, and those you use in a forward facing position, in a reverse facing position, uh, use them from the ground up in certain motions, and then actually as you play session to session, I only just did the tutorial session, but it was kind of extended, so I, I had about thirty minutes workout time. Um, and this this mobile was going on, so you're, it's kind of a two hemisphere game. Uh, you have champions, which most people know in a, in, in a moba. You have like heroes or something like that that you're spawning, and that is you you know do a series of like punches and chops to be able to summon those things. And I thought that was a pretty cool mechanic, and that's free in the air or whatever. But you're being tracked with the vibe trackers. You got to do a pattern to summon one of them, and then you can get it on the battlefield or in one of the lanes. And then you're fighting against these enemy mobs that are coming up one of two lanes, and you use. Uh, the head tracking to kind of select left or right lane. You're pulling to select air, water, fire, uh, one of three types of strategic attacks against the enemies coming at you. It's actually all a lot more involved than I was expecting a, you know, a workout game to be. Um, that was my kind of initial impression. And I threw up, I have a video on my channel if any of you want to see what it looks like. I, I wasn't able to capture the game, but captured me there for half an hour just in this box um, but the, the actual gym itself, firstly, they had like a micro gym attached to the facility down the back. If you wanted to do some pre-workout, uh, or cooling down after full shower facility, towels, all the, all the rest, perfectly clean, lovely environment. I thought it was, uh, immaculate to be honest. I didn't have any trouble at all. Um, the system of, of walking in, uh, checking in once you have gone through your first tutorial, the tutorial is kind of two parts. It's like, you want to know what you're doing so you don't hurt yourself, and um, there's a kind of complicated application that goes with your phone. Uh, you, I, I use one of their tablets because they're like, oh, just put it on your phone. And I'm like, I got a UK mobile. I, I can't. It's not on the store over here. <laughs> you know. So um, set it up on one of their tablets. It shows you your character. And after you're done with your workout, it shows you like what parts of your body you worked out, all kinds of stats. But the cool thing was there's kind of like loot boxes with it. So you unlock additional moves that you can use on your next run. You can stat track and compete against friends. And I did see while I was there, this is the part that was the most surprising to me. I'd say there were probably in my two hours and a bit there, 14 people who 
passed me by going in and out of the rooms. Wow. There were a total of 12 active facility rooms. Two of them uh, were out of order, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And the rooms aren't, they're definitely not cheaply built uh, because you've got this, as I said, this extension uh, equipment that's all automated and, and it comes up and down as you're working out. It doesn't just like come up and then it's up for 30 minutes. It, you hear it going down, even though you're in the headset. There's a marker in the game for where you put your water. They've really thought this thing out. It's very well fleshed out. Like the the app itself, I would say, is still feels like feels like an early access title. But as a MOBA, I found it quite engaging. It definitely um, it definitely got me more active than I would have been had I not been playing a game. And the thing that really concerns me is in the pipeline they have plans for PvP, which means Mike and I could go toe to toe in this thing. And it's like. I know dudes are going to rip their muscles out of their arms, like just trying to beat their buddy. I, I kind of feel like that they should they consider maybe a, a co-op mode. And I gave them that feedback, but mm-hmm. I'm really curious, Mike, what was your experience like? Well, Cause I know we, we have had... a, we have a couple of questions too, yeah, though. Ahead, um, like first off, uh, there are people asking like, how about like sweat in the headset and the smell of the headset? So they give you, this is one of the nice things they, they actually gave you. I wish I would have thought about it. I have it with me. Um, they give you a, a very uh, like a almost like a lycra material uh, mm-hmm. head uh, headband that you can wear that prevents sweat from coming down into your eyes. Now it's not required that you bring it, uh, but there is some there is that protection, I suppose, with the the headset. And I found mm-hmm. it to be, I didn't have any problems with it. And the headset they had that kind of now famous uh, UV headset cleaner that they have mm-hmm. in every one of their fourteen rooms. They have one of those. They Put it in there it dries it cleans it um so yeah, actually okay. i didn't so you know, no there smell. was no smell on the headset no. that i picked up there, there was no indication as well in terms of i look closely uh the vive controllers you know the seam at the side kind of like the old n64 days where you'd get your like human grit like into the grooves i didn't see any of that either so it was okay. a very clean yeah. facility uh, yeah the second right. question that i had was uh what headset but you just actually answered it it was uh all vibes it was a vibe pro also, vibe pro all yeah. five pros all five pros so you can imagine there's quite a bit of equipment, you know, yeah. like there's the there's the mechanical arms, there's the PC that's running, usually kind of in a back cabinet. Uh, there's a cubby in the room for you. The room is quite large. It's as large as my room here. Um, well, you can't really see it properly with the camera angle, but um, sizable space. You know, you're not I didn't feel in any way claustrophobic. I think even someone who was claustrophobic would be fine in that space. Quite, quite mm-hmm. spacious. Um, and I thought the design of the app was quite smart. So they have you face the machine sometimes. Sometimes you're facing away from the machine, and it keeps you keeps you moving. So. Yeah. Just to talk about the uh, the hygiene aspect, because I know that's a big concern for a lot of people, and it was my concern as well. Oh, yeah. They use they use VR covers, uh, so they wipe them down, and like Zim mentioned, they put them in these chambers, which use ultraviolet rays to sterilize the headset, basically. So it's kind of like sterilized between each use. Um, so that's how they deal with that. Um, but yeah, this this kind of machine that they use is like a basically a resistance pulley machine. But like Zim says, it adapts and changes automatically to suit whatever move you're going to do. And like Zim pointed out, each move that you do, whether it be like a squat or a curl or a row, they have a, an element attached to them. So like wind, fire, water, or electricity. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah. Um, and you use those to fight the corresponding enemies. So the enemies will be marked with a marker that will tell you what element it is. And then you have to counteract it with the opposite element so if he's a water character then you would give him electricity for example to defeat him or if he's a fire character then you'd use water to put him out and 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 using those against them will give you substantially more damage uh, and you'll you'll do better but yeah. like a 
Go it on. also tunes it like the, the things that are really interesting are um, because you're being vibe tracked and the vibe trackers are quite accurate, even though it's on your wrist and it's kind of tight enough that it doesn't doesn't move and they mm. clip into this little harness. Um, once you've got that going, if you're laboring as you're exercising and you're not say you're supposed to pull them back, uh, you know, in a, in a steady line uh, up to your shoulders and you're kind of all over the place, you're shaking a bit because your muscles are getting tired. The machine will actually help to reduce the strain on you. Yeah. And it will, what it normally tries to do is it's like trying to up the game. So it's going to try to strength train you. So it means that every so often it's going to get you to uh, pull harder. Like there's a mm. multiplier effect that, that that really got me working, uh, which is uh, for a 25 uh, pull set, the first, I don't know, half or one X damage, then it goes two X damage, then it goes four X damage. So for your last like five in a set before it kind of, says you're done basically and moves on to the next bit. Um, you know, you're really, you're really pumping. Um, but it, 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 it what it, the thing it does is it, it actually is going to try you if, if it's, let's say it's, um, I don't know, 10, I don't know what the measurement in the U S would be Newton pounds or something. Then it's going to try you for 12, but you don't know when it's going to try you for 12. So it's going to be tougher to pull one of those times, but you it might just be, you're getting tired or maybe the machine's doing it. So there's kind of an AI director element to it as well, mm. which I found to be really interesting because then over time you can see improvement and obviously you're being tracked to your character and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think the maximum reps for each of the sets was 25, I think. So if you, like you said, if you, if you hit the max, then you were getting a bonus, but yes. you didn't have to, you could you just do 10 to. and then move on to the next one. Um, but the thing that was driving me was like the enemy at the end of the lane, who's trying to attack yeah. me. Like if I'm on the losing side and, and, and I was on the losing side, certainly through my, my second run, which was about 20 minutes. Um, I was working harder. I was like, I'm going to fucking beat you. And you're, the thing is, the thing I like about exercise, some people, uh, and I know there's this mantra in, in people who do gyms, which is to stay in the moment and pay attention to your body and all that. This actually does for me what I always wanted a gym to do, which is separate the muscular exercise from actually what's going on. Like if I'm mm -hmm. in a 5K race, I want to forget I'm in a 5K race and just have my body do the work. And this works very well for that in that it separated me and I was focused on the strategy of like, what am I picking up? What am I countering? Uh, which lane am I focusing on? How am I going to get through? Um, so I found it to be way more compelling than I expected, not being a gym person and hating gyms. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't like repetitive stuff like that. But honestly, if I had a gym buddy, I could see myself using a facility like that. The cost is a bit high, I think. Um, but in terms of in and out, there were plenty of scrawny dudes and ladies uh using the facility um who were more my build or medium build and some you know fellas who were overweight and stuff using it and then there were some people who looked buff i'd say the buff people were in like 25 percent in my sample and about 50 percent were kind of like kind of my build and so it was really a gym that wasn't just a gym for a gym it was this was like nerd gym which was awesome yeah, I think that the cool concept about it is, like you say, it is a nerd gym, is that, you know, if you don't want to work out in front of other people in a gym, like the, each pod is completely enclosed, so you're in it on your own. Yeah. So you, no one else can see what you're doing. Like, obviously, the staff do monitor your gameplay and, and your form and stuff like that to make sure you do, you're They're doing it right. You're not going to hurt back, yourself. just laughing their asses off. Um, like, Look at this guy. Like, <laughs> Look at so, this guy. <laughs> so you don't have that kind of social pressure of going to a gym, you know, if you do feel self-conscious anyway, which is cool. Yeah. But um, a couple of guys that I met actually at OC6 before I actually went to Black Box, because I said to them that I was going to go and check it out, they were members uh, in Boise 
and they were showing me the app and they had a streak. Uh, so like if you, if you hit the gym every, within every 72 hours, you basically multiply your streak. And he was concerned, obviously being at OC6, that he was going to miss his streak. And because yeah. if, if, if you're on a streak, you get more powerful bonuses and you earn upgrades faster for your character and stuff like that. So there, it's definitely gamifying going to the gym, which I'm Smart. totally totally on board with i think it's a great I, I used idea to have like um on my phone i used to have like a running app which was called mm. uh, run with zombies and it was like a, a fully like or zombie run or something I've like tried that this. so you had to like yeah you know it yes so oh, you yeah. had to like literally like run away from like a zombie apocalypse you had to go and get supplies for your team like and that made me go running so much like uh, it's true though like gamifying an experience that you you know, us as like nerds and geeks probably wouldn't do that much. Um, yeah. It's a smart way of getting those kind of people into exercise. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the the end goal for Black Box VR isn't to just have these locations. They want to integrate with traditional gyms. So, you know, every sort of big gym chain out there will have like a VR part of it with maybe like a few of these pods that you can maybe pay a little bit extra to use. And that's kind of the way their, their vision is in the future. Um, but so, so to just kind of wrap this one up, um, if you had one nearby then Zim, would you use it? If I had what a friend, price? it's always, it, it's, it's always the case. Um, it's always the case for me with exercise. Like I, I, you know, I wouldn't go to a tennis court on my own, right? Yeah. I wouldn't go to a climbing wall on my own. If I have a buddy with me, then I would commit to it. The price just where I am in my life right now probably wouldn't necessarily hold me back because mm -hmm. I, you know, I have, I have some personal reasons why I, I want to get fitter and stronger and core muscles and stuff. So something like this but, would well, be What is the price helpful. of a I think it was about a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. Which comparing mm -hmm. to pounds is like 80 a month, which is premium gym price. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not, it's not unforeseen. I mean, in the UK, for instance, it was, um, it was 95 pounds was the gym, which was near me and Canary Wharf. I, I didn't go to that. I went to yeah. one that was like 35 pounds a month. Um, so it, it would be double what I would be used to paying, if not more than that. Um, but yeah. it's the social aspect. It's the fact that you can pre-book on the app, that there's the gamification that you can go, you can literally book a pod. It, you know, which one you're going to, you can just go in, you don't have to talk to the staff or anything. Just go in straight into your pod and back out again, but they're going to have to, they're really going to have to do this, um, kind of slowly. And, and, and my point to them about this whole experience, my point to them was like, you need to have, you, you basically need to partner up with like box VR or somebody because you need to have like a home method that allows you to do something towards your character. Even if it's only one tenth of the mm. progression that encourages you to continue working out, even when you can't get to the gym for people mm -hmm. who are traveling as well, for people who want to keep their streak, because this whole streak mm -hmm. methodology, the loot boxes you've got in it, the whole kind of progression element is was was really was really well thought out and i actually think that they from what i heard from their staff um i think they don't think as highly of their app as maybe they should i thought it was quite fleshed out particularly with the mobile app integration mm -hmm. uh could use some additional changes they're working on a pipeline um but i could definitely see this doing well as long as they can keep getting people in i was super surprised that it wasn't a ghost house and that yeah. people were actively using it and Yep. Even at six o'clock on a random day, you know, people were streaming in and out of the place. And I was like, fucking hell, this is, this yeah. is, this is, this is I, a nerd gym. This is like nerd Mecca. This is great. 
I think you're right. I was surprised that more people were using it than I thought. I think they could even do better with like maybe like Twitch integration and stuff like that so people could watch their workouts and, and that, that would be... A, <laughs> this is what I said to them. I said to them because they had... I said, look, my expectation coming to here, especially the way it looked on the, on the outside, it looked like a proper gym. It looked yeah. like a proper gym, like high scale. And if, if I was just random nerd dude running around the street, I would be like, okay, it's going to be full of buff dudes. It's not going to be a comfortable environment for me. I'm not going in. I wouldn't mm-hmm. even have had the conversation. Why they wouldn't subsidize the price of somebody who's in a pod who doesn't mind being shown on the street with just a monitor, yeah. show the, the nerdy dude in the, in the cube working out along with the game so that they get a flavor of what's going on inside. That's a really and, good idea. And, yeah. and, and like they would they would get loads more foot traffic, uh, loads. And they were in a you're, great location, by the way, in San Francisco. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you're, do, you're, do check it out if you're in San Francisco, even on holiday. Um, you can get a free, that's what I, I tried. You can get a free trial at the moment. Um, even if you're not going to be hanging around, the staff were totally cordial, helped sign me up. I, I, I said all this out front. I was like, like I'm not going to be signing up for a subscription. They said, it doesn't matter. You know, why don't you check it out? Try it out. And obviously, we're talking about it now. So there you go. Yeah. So the only thing I would say is that if I had access to one nearby, I probably wouldn't sign up, <laughs> although being positive about it. <laughs> and there is a reason for that. Because I am one of those people that just spends an absurd amount of time in VR in my day-to-day life anyway. Yeah, fair point. And I, and I use working out as one of the few opportunities, rare few opportunities I get to go outside <laughs> uh, to talk to real people. Um, so that's the only reason why I wouldn't use it personally, because I would then just be plugged into the Matrix 24-7. Yeah. Um, but for others, obviously, that don't have that problem that I have, which is unique to me, I guess, uh, I, I do think it's a unique and fun way to work out. And I do think it's a good idea. What if it was possible? You know, back in the day, you could buy, I think it was called a Bowflex, like a home thing. It's a couple, I don't know, a couple hundred quid and you'd have your home, like the home gym type thing. That was hot in the States back in the 90s, I remember. If that kind of setup was possible so that you could VR work out at home, um, is it, you know, with the winter coming on and stuff, would that be of any interest to you? Or is that also something where you're like, better to keep it segregated yeah so like i i work out outside for the very reason that i need to go outside um so like i go to like a boot camp thing um so even if it's raining or or, or snowing we still do it it's kind of one of those things um so yeah i I just wouldn't be into it but i do like the idea of working out in vr i am planning to do something with this concept in, in the very near future but for me i just wouldn't sign up to it for that very reason. But I do think it's great for other people. And then Chad is mentioning this thing about talking to people at the gym. I think there is a piece missing from the, the standard gym culture, which which helps a lot of people is they get to know the others at the gym, mm-hmm. uh, especially guys. I don't know. I don't know if ladies are the same thing. I've never hung around gyms with, with, with girls, but, you know, getting to talk to people and, and them spot near whatever. You yeah. don't have that in this. You are yeah. isolated and it is yeah. you are in a pod. It feels very Tokyo. So yeah, that's another dimension to consider if you're thinking about maybe going for a, a demo. But very cool concept, though. And I'm yeah. so glad that we got to try it. You know, it's I can't cool it exists, to be honest. I, 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 I literally thought it was going to be a closet in a gym with a sweaty old vibe. And it, it was it was a lot better than I expected. Absolutely. So uh, let's round up the show then. Uh, we've gone on for uh, long enough, even though we thought we wouldn't, but we, we always do nowadays. <laughs> Uh, so just a reminder, oh, by the way, if you've got any questions, now's a good time while I do the sort of summary. Uh, so just a reminder, uh, it's a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show, live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitch. Catch the show uh, live in VR with other people in big screen TV. Uh, people hang out, watch the podcast, chat, make new friends. I think that's a really cool way to watch the show. 
Uh, the show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version, which we enhance the uh, the vocals, so it's it's beautiful on your ears. And that's on iTunes, SoundCloud, Anchor, and Spotify. Mm. Questions: Are there VR Lycra bums to look at? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, <laughs> there was no, there's no eye candy. There's not even a, I don't remember there being a mirror, I think because of tracking, right? Yeah, there's, no, there's, there's, there's no mirrors. There's not even yeah. a way to look at yourself and be like, yeah, I'm really buff. Obviously you're just in a headset. So uh, yeah, no, no mirrors, no like robots. I'm sorry. No, uh, no. <laughs> Buck, what has a uh, question? Uh, why hasn't Rowdy punched Zim? I think it was, what was the count? You put 500 likes? 500 likes. Jeez. For, you, on, sorry. Guys. I think you guys missed that. You didn't hit the cap. Yeah. Didn't hit the cap. So if you missed uh, Nathie this week, don't worry. He'll be back next week. Uh, he's just having a weekend R&R catching up with some friends, IRL. Um, but yeah, we've had an interesting show. We've talked about all sorts of stuff. Asgard's Wrath, Black Box VR, PSVR, uh, PS5, Arizona Sunshine, loads and loads more. So we hope you've uh, enjoyed it. We always... Uh, Really appreciate your support in watching this uh, live on YouTube and also in big screen VR. And those of you that catch up with the audio version as well, like we get really good high numbers on the audio version. So we appreciate you very much as well. Uh, have a great week in VR. We'll be back at the usual time next week. Until then, take care and bye-bye for now. See bye you bye. later. <laughs> <laughs>